everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 213. Hi, I'm Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Bing a ring. Connor's also here. Yep, still here. What's, what's a banarang? Is that something specific? or? Yeah, bing a ring. Have you ever seen Hook? I mean, I did a long time ago. It was very forgettable, yeah. Matt, if I'm honest with oh, you. Not forgettable. <laughs> it's not. It's. It's Robin Williams as Peter Pan is not forgettable. I remember him floating at one point. I remember Dustin Hoffman hamming it up, but that's about it. Yes. Uh, I remember all the kids ch- <coughs> chanting, you're doing it, Peter, you're doing it, Peter, because it was like, that's yeah. my brain, because my name's of Peter, course. and it was weird. But that's all I remember. Otherwise, it was forgettable. You don't remember the fake food fight? Nah, not really. It's apparently supposed to be food, but it's, it looks like neon paint. I'm like, what the hell are they eating in Wonderland? Oh, you mean Neverland? Like, that's how I felt every time we watched an old episode of Star Trek, like the original series, mm-hmm. and all their food. It was like it was maybe like fruit looking, but it was always just too colorful mm-hmm. to actually be real food. Yeah, it looked like yeah. sort of colorful blocks of stuff. It was weird. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we have DC Comics podcast. Uh, we talk about DC Comics every week on the show. Coming up on this week's episode, we have Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knight issue one, uh, the first of our tie-ins to the to the book. Uh, we got Strange Adventures issue 4, Deceased Dead Planet issue 2, Batman 96, Justice League 50, Young Justice 17, and Far Sector number 7. Assuming I've not forgotten anything, that is the uh, the books of the week. No, but I'll be honest, I didn't read Justice League 50 because I didn't realise it was out this week. I, I, I missed it in my list and... Oops. Yes, the double-sized issue, conveniently. I genuinely, until you <laughs> just said that now... I had no idea it was out. I genuinely didn't <laughs> know. I mean, I could swap it with Young Justice if you want to go read it while we're talking about Young Justice. It's a double-sized issue. I'm good. I'll watch the snooker. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, so that's what's coming up on uh, the week's show as far as the comics go. Obviously, one bit of news, really. And that's pretty much it. Uh, so, you know, two, one, three. I suppose the big thing we have to talk about is they kind of solidified uh, this week... Not that there's any new information, per se, outside of maybe some of people who are t- attending, uh, but DC Fandom, because they've got a stupid title for it, they're doing their online mm-hmm. convention, DC only, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's on a Saturday. Uh, and I'm actually confused as to whether or not we're going to have news that day. And the first hand, I thought, well, it starts pretty much when we start recording the podcast, so all the news will be a week old and we'll get to it the following week. Sucks, but no biggie. However, I'm not entirely sure if, like, you can access everything immediately, so there's, there's, there's a chance that everything might actually be able to like find online by the time you're finished i i don't think so because it's a 24 hour event that they're running so i think they'll be releasing things over the day i guess but it's like a virtual like con floor where you can go into the different rooms yeah i I think they're going to be doing like you know virtual panels where they'll be announcing things okay okay uh but that's that's a couple weeks that's like the 22nd or something that whatever that saturday is that week it is yes and then it starts bang as we record so we probably won't get much yeah yeah we may have like one breaking news item or something before the end of the show but otherwise we'll see you but we, there is a lot of people attending that uh, you know they, they put a whole big list i say attending you know it's you know, a virtual thing well, yeah they'll be on um, the conference calls yeah um but you know there was comic creators in there i noticed uh i think cecil castellucci was in there who's obviously been doing some work for the last you know, two years or so Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think the bigger one is that Mark Wade's name was on that list. Uh, right? uh-huh. I was getting to that. Don't bury the lead. Mark Wade at the end. Mark, Mark Wade, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just yell it's happening at the top of my lungs, but... 
And um, <laughs> do you know he he may be reteaming with a a certain high profile artist. Uh, this is not from that list, but uh, Alex Ross posted something on his Instagram. Uh, uh, hmm. It was a DC draw. I don't remember exactly what it was now, but it was a DC drawing, and it was like officially tagged and then got taken down. Uh, so. Yeah. Now, hold, on, hold on a second, hold on a second now. We're talking about Mark Wade, Alex Ross. There's only one story that conjures in my mind when I put those two names together. Earth uh, X. Yeah, oh, <laughs> of course, I know what the thing was he posted. It was a uh, a picture of, uh, well, I would say picture, a painting that he did, a close-up of Starfire's <laughs> face. Okay. Um, with the hashtags. <laughs> the gasp from Matt. Hashtag that was a literal soon. gasp. <laughs> it, it was. Hashtag coming soon and hashtag breaking news. Ooh. So implies an actual announcement rather than just him so, you know, doing a commission do, or you know, a piece. I mean, if I was to make a guess here, just based on nothing but one teaser image of Star... Uh, Star sorry. Starfire. Uh, if I was to make one little thing here, I would say, are they going to do like a Titans-esque Kingdom Come? Is that where this is going? I, I mean, have no idea what exactly uh, it's going to be, but I'm intrigued. Uh, her and Dick's daughter were uh, a minor character in kingdom come yeah you yeah. know so it's not like wade isn't is unfamiliar i mean it could so. it's, it's also, there's no guarantee that these this is a oh you know it's these pair working together these are two as of right now unrelated right. news but so, yeah but a detective work here says that there yeah. could be connections there could be get, get your red string out and put it on the board and yeah yeah like mark wade's cool but you know who else is gonna be there uh looking at this that i, I found mm-hmm. val kilmer <laughs> yeah i've got a funny feeling that's more of a nostalgia panel than it's going to be a, an announcement of something new, are we but... sure it's even going to be him <laughs> like, that, what are you suggesting um he's been <laughs> a bit of a recluse in in recent years and when he's not a recluse he's been cosplaying as mark twain interesting um, interesting yeah okay so and i know it's for a project he was doing a, a stage show where he's mark twain and he did the whole, you know, method thing. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, Think, things that, you know, just tangentially related at this point, but, you know, we want to talk about it because we already recorded our last Doom Patrol review. And that was, you know, for the season. And, and we were yeah. speculating about our, our hopes for the, the upcoming announcement, maybe at this event. This was before this list of names were, was announced. And then, you know, I see it and I, I spot a couple of Doom Patrol actors in there. And I'm like, okay, that. Mm-hmm. Gives me yeah, a reasonable excuse to assume we're going to get an announcement then. I, I would hope that they'll announce a season three of Fandom. I, I really do. Uh, yeah. And this is probably as good a place as any to talk about how <laughs> underwhelming that stupid video game announcement was from Rocksteady after five years of mystery. <laughs> Just casually on so, Twitter. They spent like three months doing like weekly teases as well, like really obscure teases of like basically nothing. Yeah. I, I want to apologize if anyone came across that thread and saw me being just a right dick. But. <laughs> Nobody tagged me in what they were talking about. There was a suit. No one tagged me in the image <laughs> of the target on Superman. So a friend is saying that Superman's going to die. I'm thinking he's talking about a video game project that I don't give two shits about. And I'm like, why am I being bothered by this? I'll give, I'll give you the context. So just for everyone who's not seen it, is Rocksteady, who obviously made the Arkham Batman games, they put uh, an image this week. Uh, that look like Superman from behind, or some people are speculating it could be Bizarro, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility, uh, and it's got like, it says the word Suicide Squad, but it makes a crosshair on the back of his head, so 
imp implying that if, if they're not going after Bizarro, that the plot of the, the game will be either going after maybe an Injustice-style universe version of the Justice League, or even just a mind-controlled Superman or whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, but basically they said, hey, we're doing a Suicide Squad game, and given that they have been so secretive for the last several years about what their next project is, and everyone's been kind of speculating, oh, it's a DC property probably, but no one knows which one it is. Could it be this? Could it be that? It's actually insane to me that they just farted it out like this. And it's a little unusual as well, because we, we were under the assumption there was a Suicide game, Suicide Squad game coming, but we thought it was going to be Warner Bros. Montreal who well, did for, for the, the Origins game, because that had like a that tease to yeah. Suicide Squad at, at the end. Well, given that that game also introduced some stuff that was used in Arkham Knight in terms of the story, it's not actually yeah. that un unreasonable to think that maybe that they intentionally teased a Suicide Squad game because Rocksteady had already decided that's what we're doing after Knight, so... Absolutely Jeez, so. possible. Um, uh, but, but it, you know, it, so it wasn't like an out-of-left-field announcement. But, and, no, but it's just... worth mentioning, though, that we only thought they were doing Suicide Squad for a couple of years. For the last year or so, that actually changed because WB Montreal started teasing a Court of Owls Batman game instead, so... It seems yeah. like they've kind of switched, where now Rocksteady's doing the Suicide Squad game, and WB Montreal are doing a Court of Owls Batman I, I game. I suspect that there was no internal switching in that sense, more just there was a oh, miscommunication yeah, with just, the leak, leaked information. Yeah, just our perception. I don't mean they actually literally... Yeah. I mean, Rocksteady literally switched in the sense that they were doing Batman games before, but not yeah, in this project. Yeah, uh, and... Honestly, we know so little about the game. There are rumors, oh, it's going to be this or that. But until we actually have any details, it's not really worth worrying yet. Mm -hmm. But just in terms of an announcement, when you're two weeks away from a big thing to reveal your, you know, your game app, yeah. uh, just wait. And they did you, say you've waited three years already, at least. Just just wait the extra two weeks. And they did say that you know that you know they did put in the the tweet like, hey, August twenty second, like this coming, and. Yeah. I actually saw someone argue online, well, this is not the announcement. This is just uh, teasing the announcement. No, it's not a tease. If they tell us what the game is, it's not a tease anymore. This is the announcement. This is the... We now know what it is. <laughs> yeah. They could have just put, like, anything and, and gone, you know, oh, there's a game coming. You know, we have an announcement coming on the 27th. We would have gone, okay, it's a DC game, which wouldn't have been a big surprise. It's pretty much what we're all expecting anyway, but it wouldn't have necessarily narrowed down the options from where we were already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there are rumors about what the game is, and I'm not particularly excited about it. No, yeah, but, no, I, I, I don't want to worry about that. Yeah, as not the concept of like a Suicide Squad game. I'm cool with a Suicide Squad game, more just the type of game that it's going to be. But uh, that's something that I'll complain about at length. Uh, well, I've already done it on Twitter, actually, but I mean, I'll do it again properly once it's pronounced. Yeah, but anyways, I just want to apologize to people who saw me. I had zero context for. <laughs> and I'm working outside all week, and it's hot, and I'm just like, why is someone trying to drag me into a conversation about Superman? About video games. And then me and Pete had a little tete-a-tete -tete about me not caring about games. So I was just trying yeah. to wind my up. I, I was not yeah. there to troll you about Superman. Uh, yeah. It's only because he hasn't played God of War yet. He'll care when he does that. He's got trophies oh, in two well, other games. Yeah, well, I also Tony Hawk Pro Skater's coming out. So I'm looking forward to that. That's probably the next thing I'm getting. They, they all have that day one. I didn't have any other games day one. That <laughs> one, though. That's, that's my teenage years. That was the... I just gotta have time to kill. I wanna play Tony Hawk. Yeah. On, on the subject of uh, probably video games, though, uh, the Avengers beta is going on right now on the PlayStation, and it looks just as dull as, as it did before. <laughs> from what uh, I've honestly, watched, from the hands-on that people have talked about, I haven't played it myself. Uh, from the people who played it all, you know, all the content that are in it, you know, the, the people who got it early. Apparently, all the main missions are really, really great, and you know, it plays well, and you know, it, it's 
good story in the main missions, it, all of the side stuff is pointless and just and boring. So it's just like, well, if you play just the main missions, it seems okay. So, uh, I mean, depends how, how much content there is in that. I mean, if the story looks interesting enough, I'll get it at some point when it's really cheap, but there's nothing about it that makes me want to even consider yeah. uh, diving in early. But hey, uh, so that was that. So that's all the fandom stuff that's being teased. In terms of actual news that dropped this week, uh, obviously, I imagine DC are saving most of what they've got that's interesting well, for fandom. We still have the solicits for November next week, unless they really want to hold them back. Which they've done before. They have held them back a week before uh, for things like so this. Unless they want to hold them back over, just over a week. That um, said, it could be that November doesn't have that much new in it, so they can just put those out and then have all the announcements. Because, because we know Endless Winter is coming in December, so if they're going to announce stuff for Endless Winter and really tell us what that is at fandom, that makes sense, and it wouldn't be spoiling November solicits. Yeah, and fandom could be where we learn, you know, uh, it, it could what almost be the, uh, the 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 WonderCon rebirth panel that we had that that's, kicked everything off. That that's kind of advanced. Just like, okay, this is the next stage of what's yeah, coming after. Metal. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that this is the post death metal slate that we're going to get. I mean, it may not I mean, be. But... We might be being optimistic there, but we can hope. But, I mean, do we expect them to have another event, like, two months later to do that? Or even one, well, be one month later, because the solicits for these things would have to be coming out in December, so. Yeah. At the latest, uh, well, not the latest, but the, at the latest for the first ones, if they're going to be staggered, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. But, yeah. uh, so. We'll see in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of hoping. Uh, so, hopefully, not in two weeks, because, again, it's on as we're recording the podcast, but in the third Three weeks from now, uh, hopefully we'll have a nice big chunk of juicy news to dig, dig into. And if we don't, hopefully then... Hopefully not too many books that week. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, so, yes, but the actual news that dropped this week is a couple of one-shots, and Connor casually mentioned this, and I assumed, until I sort of processed what he said to me, I thought he meant just two more death metal one-shots. But what he actually was telling me is that there was two more Tales from the Dark Multiverse one-shots, which, you know, we had like a run of those... Some good, some okay, a couple would, not too hot. I would say surprisingly, I'd say there was more good than bad. There was one or two that I thought were a bit iffy, but for the most well, part... Blackest like, Night wasn't as good. Yeah, but Blackest the rest of was were pretty good. Rough. Judah's contract was just okay at best. Oh, sure, but like yeah. Death of Superman... The main one was great, though. Yeah, Nightfall... Uh, uh, Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis Infinite 1. Crisis. Yeah, those were, yeah, those were all pretty good. So, they did a couple more of these. Uh, so... We're getting Tales from the Dark Multiverse Flashpoint, which oh boy, interesting. Uh, with the writer artist, with the writer artist Brian Hitch, so that maybe puts your expectations in place there for that. And then oh, Tales from the Dark Side Batman Hush by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Dexter Soy on out and Dexter Soy. I mean Dexter Soy's okay. a bit of a selling point there. I'll give him that. Honestly, I think it's it's weird because even though I, you know, I'm more intrigued by the team, I mainly Dexter Soy. <laughs> Uh, on Hush, I think Flashpoint's an easier one to see what the Dark Multiverse version of that story is, right? Sure. Uh... It's easier to see, okay, it, shit doesn't get fixed, right? It, it's kind of, okay, I, I can go along that route and understand it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hush wins. Hush, I'm like, what, what goes exactly wrong there? Like, what, what does that spiral into? Hush wins. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, there, there is a description. Um, mm hmm. If a world where Flashpoint reality was never undone, where Thomas Wayne still haunts Gotham City. So yeah, it's pretty much what I just said. The Hush one, um, what if Tommy had ruined Bruce's life when they were children? 
Uh, okay. Tommy Elliott grew up to be the Dark Prince of Gotham City with the help of Kali Al Ghul, Oswald Coldpot, Harvey Dent, and Jason Todd. But vengeance is coming in the form of Batman the Silenced. Okay, so this isn't Hush 1. It's no. very different. No, it's... what I'm getting from this is that Tommy grows up to be a bandage-looking version of Batman. That's what the front cover is. Uh-huh. And presumably, Bruce is the one who sort of shows up in his life later on uh, for Hush. vengeance. Yeah. Uh, or whatever equivalent's going to be. I think, actually, that bandaged Batman might be Bruce in this world. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think the point of it is him that shows up in Tommy's life as an adult. Uh, right. For revenge is what I'm getting from that. Yeah. So, all right, there you go. A couple of one-shots. Presumably coming in November, since they're talking about them now. Uh, right before we get the November sources. Uh, if I actually tells us here. November 17th for Flashpoint. And November, Gosh, November 3rd. 3rd for, yeah, for Hush. So, okay. Couple, couple of books for November. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not, like, super pumped. Uh, definitely Hush because of the team's a bit more exciting art-wise, at least. Uh, I, have, I have no... Yeah. That said, if Brian Hitch brings I... his A-game on his art for this, then uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for the idea of Hush. And it, the Dini stuff, like Heart of Hush, that followed up was, was pretty good. Yeah, so. I think I've said before, Hush is a great introductory story, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not like a, a standout on its own. No. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so that's basically uh, all the news we have for you. Um, I'd make more time for Small Talk, but Matt's got hockey playoffs later. In fact, we even I, started recording I earlier, uh, so so Matt can make sure he gets the start of his hockey games. So. I do, I was, and I was hoping that the game wouldn't be starting as early, but because of the way the playoffs are structured this year, it really was dependent on other teams being eliminated or not. So I didn't even find out until last night that the game starts early my time. So and I told him either we could get done before I could miss or I could watch as we're recording, which helps nobody. You know? <laughs> so. uh, I mean, it would have just been the tail end, but we started a little bit earlier. So hopefully that won't be a... Yeah. Sorry, Matt, I'll have it on as well. Yeah, that's, that's great. Two, two of the three people spent, paying their attention to hockey because Cora's decided to become a hockey fan all of a sudden this week. Hey, no, we've it, been over easy. this before. Matt, how, how many times have I told you about hockey in the past and been annoyed yes, that I, I can't watch it? Yes, and and I do know that you have your local teams actually pretty decent Yeah, uh, from your hometown. So yeah, big, big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recently, you know, like just this week, found a way to watch it legally here in the UK. And I'm like, oh, now I can get into it properly. So here I am. Oh, they got a streaming oh. service or what? What what they got going? <laughs> uh no. Turns out if you uh if you use one of the, the betting websites, if you put uh, any sort of small bet on, they let you stream the game because no one has any uh you know streaming rights in the UK. Oh, so you just put on like a little cheap bet like a, and yeah, like a fifty P bet, which is you know, like yeah. sixty five cents and then just like, all right, watch the game. And I and I, I don't sports gamble despite living close to the gambling mecca of like the world. But I told Ash, I, go, I mean, if there was a way that I couldn't watch hockey and I had to spend 65 cents, I might develop a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah, and so. yeah, brothers, sports gambling in the UK is so common. It's mm-hmm. it's like such a, a normal thing for so many people to do because you just do it on the, you know, online, you know, on your phone. got an app. Just right. sit there and do it. It's uh, Do it in the middle of the game. Yeah, it's not a legal issue. That was one yeah. of the weird things growing up is realizing that most of America, it's illegal to actually yeah. gamble. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that was we, bizarre when I learned yeah. that. We, and we didn't even have really in sports, in like 
during the game betting wasn't even big until a couple of years ago, even out here when, you know, tablets made everything a lot easier, you know, because mm-hmm. we have big, huge sports books out here where, you know, it's all on the same line. You place a bet, you can go in and watch basically anything that they have they're offering bets on. Um, but, you know, the, the advent of, of technology to have it right in front of you and you can make bets as stuff's happening. Nah, I, I think it's a good idea that Matt doesn't start bet. I mean, I've never gambled myself, but I think it's a good idea that Matt yeah. doesn't start because I can just see the uncut gems uh, scenarios <laughs> yeah. playing out. This is how I win. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I've, I've never made a sports bet because it is pretty dodgy. Um, and I have a lot. I know a lot of people that take it way too seriously. And I'm just like, I don't care about your, your betting. I want to watch, and I know this sounds pretentious. I like it for the sanctity of the sport. Like, I could just put on you know, baseball or hockey or football it, no, and, I and watch that. for like, the games. If it's, if it's a know. team I support, if it's my team, I can be, you know, uh, no, no but I, I love this. Um, if I have no stake in it in that sense, mm-hmm. then just, you know, 50p on the line, you know, or, you, know you might win. Yeah, and I, that, and I, that makes and I, it more exciting. And I get you get more invested, but at the same time, I can, if you like the sport enough, yeah. you know, like, again, like when it comes to soccer, I can watch the World Cup, but any other time I'm not putting mm-hmm. it on. You know, so it, it is what it is. But you yeah, know, uh, early game, this wild, crazy playoffs that are going off. Teams dropping left and right, and some of these teams that made the playoffs because of the way the NHL did the the draft. Even though they made the playoffs, now they have a shot at getting the first overall pick in the draft. It makes no sense, and you have some of these really stacked teams losing in the first round, and now it's they're wide open. Be is what put, you're saying, yeah, well, they're going to be putting a lottery to win the first pick mm. it's it's insane this year man so but it's been very exciting and that's all i've watched for like a week now i have watched some episodes of harley quinn uh, they added those to hbo max it, it is really good um yeah like, like kind of was saying but uh also it doesn't sound like kaylee cuoco and she does a really good job at voice acting i think it's because she's putting on the accent a, just a little bit it. when when she's harleen like she's having conversations with herself yeah, she sounds like Kaylee Cuoco, but when she's Harley, it, there is some voice acting going on there. Yeah, she's actually just pretty good. cool. Yeah, yeah so uh, but mean, yeah, so everyone on that show is great in terms of the voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alan Tudyk's Clayface is yes. particularly gold. He's an actor, <laughs> but yeah. So all I've watched over the the last week is you know a little bit of Harley Quinn, and then hockey and baseball. So yeah. Was I gonna make then? No. Oh no, I watched some dynamite. I kinda of only half watched just because it's you know Yeah. It's not it's half fine. Half. It's not that. It's just it was a good episode this these... week. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like it's not bad. When when I look over Reddit and see what they're doing over in WWE, yes, dynamite <laughs> is fantastic. I just there's there's peaks and valleys and like when you're oh, yeah, only giving sure. Mox and Darby fifteen minutes of showtime. To have a match, you kind of know what directions it's heading. Yeah. So the ending was really yeah. good, though. But the opening twelve man with uh, the storytelling, everything yes. with Kenny, the Bucks, so Hangman. much going. Yeah, on. FDR, yeah. all that so. stuff, wonderful. The, all the the, the 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 figure four tees, but all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mwah. storytelling. Yep, yep. Right. So yeah, again, it's fine. I only brought that up the way on Icara because he was sitting there talking about sports. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I, I, I haven't even touched on the snooker yet. 
there was there was a whole controversy. <laughs> Two players nearly came to blows today in snooker. Oh, fun! It's bizarre. Wait, are there rules against using a stick as a weapon? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's supposed to be a very gentlemanly sport, and you know, there's yeah, a lot of etiquette involved. Uh, but yeah, it, it it was intense this afternoon. Well, uh, Pete Connor sent me a, a snooker video, um, and I'm sitting there watching it before bed. Now she's like, "What are you watching?" I was like. <laughs> Connor said it to me. He says I have to watch. I don't really know what's going on, but it's fine. <laughs> so I had all these questions. Why, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I actually have a decent understanding of the rules of sticker. Uh, I don't yeah, know why. I think well, most British people do, even if they don't care about the sport. I think it's because uh, it's always on TV when the big events hey. are on. But you, hey. kind of, you pick it up like uh, cultural osmosis, yeah. I guess. If I happen to have a table in a room, I would go and use it. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, back in the 80s, like, snooker was as big as football in the UK. Like, it was huge. Oh. Like, so uh, there's like, been like a, a cultural osmosis where people just kind of just understand it. it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like Americans in baseball. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, when, once you start digging... Most people will get the basics, whereas I wouldn't even right, get well, the basics. Well, it, it helps too when it's part of your language, you know, stuff like first base. Hey, or, well, or... well, it's difficult to understand with baseball. Baseball is like one of the easiest sports to grasp. No, but there, there, are, no. there are sayings that people say, you know, like yeah. they'll use, um, not first base, some other ones that I know that are phrases that are, are baseball related that I did not know until later that I, that that's where that comes from because I don't understand baseball. Okay. Yeah. No, like... baseball on its face is easy, but once you start getting into the minutia of it, it is. that That's to me where the sport really lives is in the little things. It's, uh, you know, it's a chess match between the pitcher and the batter. You know, what where, where are you going to swing, you know, delay? That's all this other stuff. But anyways... Yeah, I'm I'm watching these snookers, and then I have to, of course, I need to know, and then I find out that the sport was basically created by the later Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. Yeah, it doesn't get much British more British than that. Yeah, like you, you, what can't. you mean the, the name Neville Chamberlain? No, I agree. It doesn't get more English than. <laughs> well, the name I just mean like the Neville guy that created the sport while occupying India goes goes on to become Prime Minister. Like because they expect? were, yeah. Like, it's a very it's British a, it's sport. It's a very English sport uh, at its core, but it has a, a lot of uh, international, uh, you know, audiences now, especially China. Uh, is, you know, yeah. China and Thailand, well, that area. Yeah, the, the Asian countries love the little intricate type sports. Mm. You know, um, table tennis. And, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I know I know. when my dad went to Japan, he said they're, the stuff that they covered in the sports section on TV, it's just basically everything from darts, table tennis. Um, I'm trying to think of like shuffleboard. Like there's shuffleboard leagues That's and whatnot crazy. they get yeah. covered. They even cover wrestling like an actual sport. Like they cover it in the newspaper where they cover the wins and losses in the sports section and whatnot. So it, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, it's I can see how China would take the snooker mm. after, after watching that video you sent me the one time. Mm. Excellent. It's a good uh, video. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of video, I actually uh, watched a really good analysis of uh, it. Was it was actually it was like two months old uh, mm -hmm. because she put like a new episode. I can't remember the name of the YouTuber, but it was like an analysis of 
uh basically she's done a series on snyder and like how snyder makes movies and yeah. it was an analysis of a scene in superman the movie where superman rescues a cat and it was a really good analysis of everything that's in the scene that kind of like reinforces the idea of who superman is and how he treats people and how he's someone of the people and how he even teaches the girl a lesson of empathy when she's complaining about the cat and how the angry mother shouting out of the house actually is kind of like you can see where her initial like lack of empathy comes from it was it was a whole thing right. superman kind of ejected it uh, but more importantly how none of man of steel or uh, batman does any does, does anything like that no, it was just wonderful little analysis yeah. i enjoyed that when when the only way your only window through superman is that he's an alien and that you want to turn him into the villain of the justice league movie of course you're not going to get any of the empathy and the stuff that actually makes superman work because you don't care about that it's funny I, I meant to watch that video pete and i just yeah face, I, so I, pointed, reminded me. I pointed out to matt but it was, it was funny because i was watching it and then I, I got to the end and i was i was kind of sitting there thinking about it and i was like you know, I've not really been thinking about Zack Snyder's Superman in a while. I mean, yeah, I'll make a grumbly noise and maybe make fun of it a little bit when it comes up in subject and top in conversation, but it was, I got to the end of it and I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's going to be a new cut of Justice League that has Zack Snyder's Superman in it, and I don't, I really don't want it. <laughs> I just don't want it. And just do what I'm doing and just don't watch it. No, because me reacting and talking about it is going to be great content. And Matt too. Uh, so... <laughs> uh. It's it's almost the anniversary of the worst review I was ever part of, and that was the fantastic fan four stick. I just saw years ago. Today was the date that I saw the movie. All right, okay. and I just remember sitting on that. You can if if it's still up, you can watch me die inside as it's going. <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, uh, some movies deserve to be ripped apart for the seeds. All right, let's get to the comic, shall we? Uh, Death metal. Legends of the Dark Knight issue one uh, by various so we'll sort of say the creators as we go through it. It's multiple stories. Um, so this was kind of a, a a weird concoction of a book, I would say. It is a grab bag for sure. It, it's very much in the vein of the recent specials they've had. Kind of, yeah. I mean, part of it, like, there's things in here that I kind of like. There's things in here that I thought were kind of a waste of time, and then. There was actually some stuff that went so far over into, like, absurd comic book stuff that I started laughing at how ridiculous some of it was. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, the name of the last story there. The Garthenus? Well, that... Venice. I mean, that was pretty ridiculous. But no, I was even during the first one, which was the sort of the main one by Snyder, Tynan, and Williamson, uh, at one point he refers to himself, or the version who really becomes Manhattan, as Batmanhattan. And I just yeah. started laughing at how stupid it was. And... I know they know how stupid that is. I know that there's some intentional so, winking at us here with that, but yeah, are are they working so heel, Pete? That like they're doing so like they're Sean Michaeling's it up, like they're they're trying to make me hate this. <laughs> Maybe I, I I was almost getting or, like uh, you know like demo god the champion the champion revives yeah, from some like, of this shit. <laughs> and that's that's what I mean. Like, are they going so far in that direction where I'm like it's legit heat because I hated that story. Like, I hated the Batman Who Laughs. I hate this Darkest Night even more. Um, but at the same time, I see the intent that that's the point of that. It is calling out that trope of Batman wins. As look how ridiculous this is. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, the first, like, there's like four two-page layouts at the start, which are basically yeah. just recapping everything. Uh, this just kind of felt like, 
why is it like I mean, it's, I was going to say four, it's more like eight pages because it's, it's all two page layouts. I was like, why is it yeah, eight pages of this crap at the start just recapping everything? It felt a bit ruined I, I to did, me. Though. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm drawing a blank on the art. Um, uh, it's it? Tony Daniel. Tony Daniel, thank you. It's, it's Daniel being like, I want to draw this stuff because mm-hmm. he, he really is bringing it. And so he's doing his version of stuff. Like the, there's a page of the, the, the Chainsaw of Truth. And I was like, she's not holding, oh yeah, it's invisible. I forgot. Like for a brief second, but it looks fantastic. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, they really this this first story, which is definitely the the longest and the most relevant to what's going on, is very much just kind of trying to add a bit more to the motivations of the Batman who laughs and kind of that he's always kind of been playing against Perpetua. He's always wanted to ultimately rise above her. Uh, and, yeah, it kind of goes back to that stuff that we've come out in the last main issue of Metal of. Is this still the Batman who laughs, or is it something mm-hmm. else now because of the Manhattan stuff and? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it, it, the the answer is it's something different. Uh, you know, there, there is a core of Batman who laughs in there, but it does feel different after this. Uh, potentially, I, I don't know. I I kind of feel like it is him, like because his motivation's been there the whole time. At the very least, all this narration comes from oh. the moment when he sort of turned on inside the new body. Yeah, but so I know where Connor's coming from. Where the Batman who laughs was only a stop in order to get the the darkest night right like yeah he is fully formed now this is the ultimate this he is the bat god now right yes he is the ultimate corruption of batman wins and again i love that as a concept i hate reading the dialogue i i, I want of, to bring up something else that okay. made me laugh uh in the in the narration so it gets to this idea that he's like you know every version of batman good and bad across the multiverse and the dark multiverse they all have one thing in common they're all reactionary to the what happens in the alleyway, right? And he wants to become the bullet. He wants to become the one that, like, actually is acting first. Uh, so I, I want to read just this, this, uh, just a couple of uh, text boxes I, I here. I feel like I know exactly which text boxes you're going to read here as well. I will be the bullet. The multiverse will be the dark alley, and its worlds will fall like pearls before me. I kind of love how cheesy it was. It, it, it's right on that line. Well, that's the thing. I think it's way over the line, and I was laughing hysterically at it. And I'm not sure how intentional the laughter that I'm having is. <laughs> like, do they think this is cool, or do they know how silly this is? I think they know how silly it is. I, I mean, <laughs> that was the way I was reading it, which is why I was saying, you know, it's it's the cheesy I can get behind is that they're aware that it's kind of stupid, and that's why it's this ultimately stupid villain. That, that you know is saying it and he's going to be beaten because of course he's going to be beaten look at him you know that, that was kind of the way i was taking it but maybe uh, i'm wrong i mean i have no problem with that really it's, it's just there was multiple times throughout this narration where he was naming things or saying stuff like the worlds will be the perils falling to the ground that i just started cackling with I laughter mean, there, there is a piece of joker in him right so you know joker has bad taste when it comes to jokes and puns. So yeah. why would, you know, Batman who laughs I mean, not? If you do read this night. as a Joker-esque mm-hmm. line of dialogue, uh, which ultimately, you know, that's what this Batman is, uh, I think it kind of works. Yeah, okay. I, I can I can see that. Um, uh, the page I, where uh, the, the Darkest Knight's holding all the, the worlds is pretty nice. I'll, I'll give it the art that, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. Um, the, the Batman Hatton one, where he's got the, the blue... Uh, and he he's looking up, and you have all the other dark Batman mm-hmm. that are there. 
I think that's a really cool page too, because like you have the the Batman that's Bane and and the uh, the Mister Freeze, right? And they have the Prometheus Batman gunning down Penguin. <laughs> you have some weird caveman Batman that is looks like he's cooking pieces of the Joker. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's cannibal Batman. Yeah, right. And then on the opposite page, you have like Ra's al Ghul Batman and a, and a Court of Owls. Like it, it's a really cool, but I'm, I was trying to pinpoint the the one holding the chalice. Like, is that meant mm. to be like Azrael? or yeah, or what? I think so. I'm uh, not entirely sure on that one, if I'm honest. Cause obviously, you got Lex but, above it, the Court of Owls. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that page because it kind of does tease like. There is an infinite number of ways that Batman could have been, that could have gone wrong, right? I, I and then it's love Bruce going, no, what? stupid Batman. Right, 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 that's what I mean. And that, but Bruce is the one that rose above, and he is. So that drives that point home again. And then there's this whole page of like, hey, look at all these other ones, right? You know, like, I do like the ending. I like because it's sort of this thing where it goes back to sort of the the, the POV of him waking up on the operating mm-hmm. table as he's becoming the Manhattan, and. The final thing is like I, I love that it, it ends a, a with the sort of the voice saying bang like you know he is the gun right I like that as a thematic endpoint I also like that the sort of symbol we see here it's like a mix between a bat logo and a Joker smile where it's kind of yeah. like making the shape of both and yeah, yeah I mean I think that's supposed to be his mouth right yeah yeah uh, I like that uh, but it, it does kind of have both vibes to it I think it's just overstuffed and that first half which is mostly recapping what we already know from death metal and metal and all these other things could have been heavily trimmed down, uh, and this could have been a bit more concise. Concise, but yeah. Well, again, I, I feel like Daniel Tony Daniel wanted to to draw some stuff too. Yeah. So you know, instead of cramming it all into one page, he was doing spreads because uh, there is there's really you know not that much story here. They are these big pages full of art. So who who knows what he did with it? But it was. I mean, yeah. It it is. It it's. You know, they say that certain actors choose scenery, mm-hmm. right? Like Pacino and Heat. Th- that's what this feels like to me at this point. Yeah, they're I, just I def- going for it. I definitely yeah. felt uh, scene chewing going on, yeah. <laughs> can, yeah. I can get everybody behind that. But I, I can be behind that in a over-the-top villain, yeah. It, it, yeah. especially in a comic. I was definitely more, well, po- makes- I was more positive on it when I got to the end than I was at the start. See, the first like chunk of it, I was like, oh my god, this is such a waste of time. Why, why am I reading this? By the time I got to the end of this first story, I was like, you know what? That kind of won yeah. me over by the end. Boy, that's going to be the roller coaster of this issue. <laughs> uh, the fact that it's so sought after also, my, my comic shop owner told me as he was ringing my books up that there was a line uh, to, to get this issue. called the Robin King, I believe. Yeah, yeah which actually and- takes us on to the next story, which is the Tomasi story uh, with Riley Rosmo on the art. However, yes, I, got, I, I got to pull four panels in before I just noped out. I'm actually going oh, to... Oh, no way. Yeah, I'm going to say something a little bit extreme here. I actually think the Rosmo are here. Well, it's still clearly Rosmo. I think it's not as extreme as some of his other stuff and actually kind of fits the story that's it been does, told. It does, because it's dark and and there's a cartoonish violence yep. to things. It's, a, it's about a demented so. child. This is a Bruce Wayne who basically likes killing things and uh, you can sort of see where it's going where ultimately he's going to be the one who kills his parents where the mugger like he basically slashes the mugger's throat uh, and then uses the gun to kill his parents uh but honestly rosmo's art on the kid's face like on bruce's face when he's looking all evil i was getting this mischievous like damon damien from the omen mixed with Mm -hmm. (laughs) like straight from family guy with a bit of 
something else. Yeah. So much to my surprise, I actually think there was more here fitted what the story was, which I actually thought again in a kind of over the top cartoony kind of way worked for me. So yeah, I, I'm fairly positive. I don't know about how did you feel about this? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. It didn't it didn't make me go like that Flash story that we read and the mm. the, the the Flash issue. Uh, what was that? Seven hundred, right? The Flash 700? Yeah, 700. So, oh, 750. 750. Yeah, 750. Yeah, that was that was rough, man. But this fits it. This was up there with like the uh, the the shadow uh, stuff that he did with with Batman. And I don't know. I feel like he draws a, a good Alfred, even like you know, it's it's not as extreme. Like you can recognize him as Alfred or or even Gordon here yeah, his Gordon in, in looks, the final pages. His Gordon looks fine like, here in the context of the story. Uh, you know, um, little Bruce like shoots an arrow through Gordon's neck because Alfred's trying to turn them in, and then Bruce has a costume. Alfred's going to try and kill him because he's like, "It needs to happen now." But then, you know, Bruce kills Alfred, and yeah. he's sitting there. And this is, you know, it says "King of Pain." This is the this is the the, the Robin King origin. So the Robin King is actually a Bruce Wayne as well, uh, is what we've discovered in this story. Which doesn't seem to make sense judging from what we saw in Death Metal Two. Does it not? Because he, no, didn't he? Because I mean, unless we're assuming that he, because I thought it's that the Batman who laughs was going to elevate a Robin, right? When he asked him, "Do you want to be my Robin King?" Yeah, well, he's already wearing a Robin, like an R on his chest here. So for whatever reason, he's been straight to Robin. Right. So I, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a real demented story. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I liked uh, Alfred's go straight to hell, Master Bruce, when he's about to kill him. <laughs> I was like, there's something about like a, a, a psychopathic kid version of Bruce Wayne, and Alfred's the hero trying to put him down because he's too dangerous. Uh, I, so I'm surprised to say it, but I actually quite like this one. Mm-hmm. So fair play. Uh, there's a two page story about uh, the, the B Rex, the Bat Rex. Uh, it's not really a story outside of just. No. He's going through Arkham and Scarecrow's pissing himself. That's basically it's it. It's just someone having fun with a Batman T-Rex for, you know, two yeah. pages. And, sure, yeah, and, it's, and it's great to see Jamal Igel join DC again. I can't tell mm-hmm. you the last time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Really cool. And so that was... I saw I saw his name on the, the, the cover where they had, like, the, the creators listed. And I didn't even guess this was the issue until I got to see it. So uh, but that was good, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's start. It's not a I mean, if anything, I'd say that could have just been a pin-up, really. <laughs> like, yeah. that, it, all you needed is that second page with yeah. the whole hell mm-hmm. to be Rex. That's all you need. And maybe just the, the panel at the bottom of Scarecrow pissing himself. I didn't need context. Scarecrow pissing himself tells you enough. <laughs> like, that's that. Yeah, it does. That's all uh, you need. But I mean, uh, it's hard to complain. It was two pages. You know, it's not like this was... Yeah, but out. like, I don't know. Judging from some of the other stories we're going to get to, I'd much rather have had more of that than some sure. of the other stuff we got. So, well, we're on the uh, the Frankavilla uh, art which next. Looks mm-hmm. gorgeous because of yep. course oh, yeah. it's Frankavilla playing good. with his trademark blues and oranges. Yeah, obviously yeah. it was giving me some Batman Beyond vibes to begin with because it mentioned Commissioner Barbara Gordon, and I was like, wait, what's going on and, here? And old Bruce sitting in the the mansion, yeah, yeah. you know, and in the computers. Um, I also like that Frankavilla added the bust on that page, the Shakespeare bust from the Batman sixty six. Sure, yeah, sure. you know. In the front, which is real cool. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but this is this is the Damien uh, Batman that we saw in Batman Six Six Six. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. See when they look at open the Book of the Dead or whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> that's what it made me think of. 
uh, in that page from the Book of the Dead, which was all the black and white with the orange kind of around it. It made me go, oh man, I want more. <laughs> can we get some Frankie Villa in like a horror book? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And do you know what I love about this page that you're talking about here is the yeah. lettering. Uh, because mm-hmm. these pages, you see them all the time. It can be hard to decipher which way around you read. Do you go, yeah. you know, left, right, left, right? Mm-hmm. Do you go round in a circle? You know, it can be hard to tell on sometimes. But this here, the lettering boxes, it leads you down across and then back into where you're supposed to go. It really, it, you know, it guides mm. your eyes to the right order. Yeah, no, really, really good. Uh, but basically, the story here is that Bruce is saying about how, the, the, you know, the ancestors, blah, blah, it's all about sacrificing something you love. And ultimately, the city's falling apart. So Bruce is going to kill Damien as a sacrifice to save the city. Uh, and in fact becomes the city. This is a story where Batman literally becomes Gotham, a sentient city. This yeah. is the most Batman thing ever, and I love it. <laughs> I did not love it. Oh, my hair's like, yeah. As a gimmicky little, all right, we're going to have a, a Bat Gotham, literally. Why Unless not? he fights Danny the street, that's the only way that I want. <laughs> How would you not want to see that confrontation? Yeah, yeah, I'm so, kind of, I'm kind of with Connor as, as a little short story, yeah. just as a sort of, you know, one bat story. It's fine, and the art's so good, and I kind of love just how absurd it is. But that's kind of, it kind of played into the stuff I was laughing at in the first story, where it's just, we're just going ape shit, we're just going bananas. It doesn't know, matter. I, just, I was super into the bat demon cult. I was killing sure. people, and then Bruce turns and is like, "Oh yeah, this is the, the ancient magic," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is the, the history. This is this is who the bat." necromancer is right <laughs> and I was like, no it's batman's uh. i i just so, love yeah. that this they, they, they kind of contacted creators you know uh, frank thierry in this case and went you got any stupid ideas for, for <laughs> evil batman and, and he went I, I got something but I don't Honestly, know, is gotham. and they went it, it really me... takes the i am gotham oh yeah uh, story title <laughs> Whole new level. Yeah, give me Frank Avila. Revive like Gotham uh, by Midnight or whatever it was called. Uh, mm-hmm. The supernatural horror stories in Gotham and have Frank Avila draw it, please. Uh, I mean, I would have yeah. Frank Avila on literally anything and be happy because Frank Avila, good occult detective. Do it, DC. Yeah, and then there's a two-page story called uh, Road Warrior by Daniel Warren Johnson, who that was the person who was just in that Wonder Woman Dead Earth, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Dead Earth. Uh, so story and art, um, and I'm like, oh, Batman Road Warrior, that sounds great, but it's only two pages, so there's not really enough to actually make it a story. Kind of like the T-Rex one, except there's like not even the big moment that I enjoy in this I one. I kind of hope some of these are proof of concept. With <laughs> oh, that two pages got a good reaction. Here we'll oh, give sure. you a one shot later down the line. But yeah, I, I would totally read a, a Batman Road Warrior story where he's got a bat monster truck in the desert in the wasteland and, and the big mech that he's got in his cave. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, the mech was real cool. Uh, but yeah, but the, we we've met this Batman. This is the one that they stole to to roll, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would happily yeah. uh, get more of a story out of this this Batman, but there's just not really a whole lot in this two pages to care about, honestly. Yeah, it's not much of a story. It's more of a just a a tone piece for two yeah. pages. But I mean, I'm into the tone piece. And then we got Garth Ennis and Joel Jones on "I Shall Become," and this. <laughs> This this is just a if wacky. You thought, if you thought Bat Gotham was over the line, yeah, Batman. Basically, the start of the story is that he's in sort of some scientific chamber where he's trying to enhance himself, and he ends up accidentally turning himself into a baby. 
So we get Batman's narration as little baby Bruce is trying to stand up, but his head's too heavy, and he's like, ah, I can't do this, I'm, I'm all weak, and uh, that's it. And all, the, the joke at the end is that his only weapon is to cry. That's his only thing. Because uh, he's like, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I can't stand up, I can't do this, you know, all the blah, blah. Such a, a conundrum might leave a lesser mortal uh, uh, flummoxed. But not the Batman, not the Dark Knight, not the Guardian of Gotham, not the Terror of the Underworld, the nighttime nemesis of Joker, Penguin, Two-Face, Scarecrow, all the rest. Not when I have my ultimate weapon, then he cries. That's the, it's like, it's a, what, it's, a, it's, it's actually two pages. But I'll, I'll say what, for two pages, this tells way more of a story than any other two-page stories. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's Ennis, right? Yeah, like, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I felt terrible watching the baby bands down the stairs and laughing about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's, uh, it's intentionally really funny, especially when it lands on its head on the second one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, that is funny. So, I don't know. I just I felt some of these were, you know, for speculators to be scooping them up the way that they were. And, you know what I mean? I'm just like, eh. You know, $6 one shot. It, it's whatever. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But... I, I was, I agree. I was hoping for more out of it. Yeah. Um, it's mostly not bad. Um, I actually, no, mostly, I, like, I, I uh, think I, I came out really net positive on this. I, I mean, I like the Rosmo story. If that's not an indication of like how I felt about the whole yeah, thing, I just, I just, I wish either when you go as a, as a, you know, uh, when you have a one shot like this, go for it and give them each, you know, X amount are you, of. Are you saying you'd have preferred this to be one of the eighty or a hundred page ones and kind of well, not that much like chunks of these stories. I don't know. I almost feel like the the Darkest Night could have been its own thing, and then you could have put some other like if the gimmick was sure. you know five five or shorter pages in this one, and it's an anthology, you know, Legends of the Dark Knight, because you know for as much as that was a recap, that also filled in, you know, the the first story. It was so weird about it. It was the longest and. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. I think what's weird about it is that that first one feels obviously very relevant to everything going on, and then the rest of them are just random like ideas, basically. Right, and that's that's what I mean. Just go for that all. Take the pages that you did to that one. Let Tony clearly Tony Daniel wanted to draw. Let him do his his own one shot with those three. You know, uh, I think that one ends up around fifteen pages. Just Mm -hmm. go go an extra few. Do a twenty page one shot. Just a, you know, it's a regular sized one shot issue mm-hmm. uh, as as a separate thing for that issue, and then you know that story, and then have either extend some of the stories that are here or throw in another one or two instead. Yeah, I, that's it though. I I kind of liked how crazy some of these were, and I was laughing a lot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if comedy was necessarily what they wanted, but I was yeah. kind of. I mean I, that. I think fun I was the a story. So yeah. Which I, I guess that's what surprises me is that, you know, death metal, even though obviously there's a tongue in cheek to even just calling it death metal and like all the music references and stuff. But typically, I, th- I think of Snyder's stories taking themselves very seriously. So I think I was almost surprised with just how kind of like over the top and silly this was. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. I do feel that since metal, he has loosened up a bit. Because, I mean, it opened up metal with the Justice League transforming of Power Ranger Megazord out of the cars and whatnot mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it seems like he's loosened up a bit and it just uh i don't know in all the interviews i've ever heard sander seems like such a light-hearted dude that uh, i don't know i don't know why his stuff always comes off as so self-serious i think he's, a, he's like... a great in an interview um 
Yeah. He, he can and, talk about stuff so easily. Right. And so when, when it starts taking itself so seriously, you know, I almost feel like this is exactly who he wants to be, like the death metal stuff. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with Capullo kind of breaking him down as well. Because if you heard about how their relationship started and Capullo saying he wanted to, to beat him up because Snyder came in as this pretentious writer that was like, oh, the words are more important. Well, I mean, I mean, Snyder's, you know I mean? Snyder's influence in this particular issue is not that heavy. He's like one of three writers oh. on the first story. So right. the point here is not a surprise at being Snyder, just a surprise at just all these things tied to it are just these fun little I, really silly ideas. I think it's less Snyder's writing in this point, but more this is his property still. As right. much as it's a DC story and they have ultimate control, it feels like Snyder is spearheading everything involved with this. Like, you know, he posted that board on Twitter or Instagram, mm-hmm. wherever it was, with all the stories. It feels like he's personally greenlighting all these stories as much as right. he can. And he's, you know, it's almost like a mini imprint that he's in charge of with the way it feels like it's being treated. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from. It's like, you know, he is intentionally choosing things that are just fun as opposed to grim, dark storytelling. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll rate the book then. Matt, what are you giving it? I'll give this a, a, a seven. Connor? Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5, but I mean, still pretty solid. Yeah. I, uh, I'm also going to give it a seven. Uh, I think if, I hadn't felt like I'd wasted, or there was like some wasted recap stuff in that first story, and the the two page, couple of those two page ones feeling a bit kind of whatever. But no, overall, actually kind of surprised. And I mean, I like it's a necessary one shot to read, but it was a fun one to read. I don't, I'm not, you know, sometimes I read these one shots and mm-hmm. regret that I spent the time and money on them, but uh, this one I did not. So uh, I guess that's uh, most you can ask for. Strange Adventures issue four, Tom King writing with Mitch Gerrards and Doc Shaner on the art. Uh, so this was super exciting. This was obviously a Mr. Terrific focused issue. Uh, obviously there was still uh, the strange stuff as well, but uh, this was a lot more stuff from Terrific's POV. I, uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting this to go the noir route, and this is now like a sci-fi noir, which outside of Blade Runner, I don't know of too many, right? Like, yeah, oh, you are the Blade uh, Runner knockoffs. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Can you name any of those? Alt Carbon. Okay. <laughs> okay, he's, he's got one Netflix show from the last couple of years. So, yeah. uh, the Adam stuff in this one, the Adam Strange stuff in this issue, is the time where basically he's, he's got he's encouraged some of the people to fight with him uh, from the, not, not the peck, they're the enemies, the other ones. The Hell Attack. Thank you. Or, or as the racist-ass Rainians call them, the Rurals. And the the more I kept reading that, the more you start picking up on, you know, that's a backloaded term, you know? Yeah. So, but the fact that Adam, because he's so, you know, he's an outsider to all of this, to him, they're, they're equals, right? Yeah, Clearly so he's... The Iranians are not. So, so he wants to get back to them because the, the Zeta beam pulled him out mid-battle. Yeah, that's what I was trying yeah. to explain. Is that that's the the premise of his story here is that he's stuck on Earth for about a well, it's maybe even longer than a week. But when he's asked how long till the next beam, he said it's about a week, uh, and he's asking Hal for for you know transport with his lantern ring. He's asking Superman to help him, and ultimately how, how gets how good is Doc Shane as Hal? Uh, very good. Uh, it felt like Silver Age Green Lantern, honestly. When you how was, when how good stuff. is Doc Shaner? You can just um, in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You could right? you can put much just in there. So 
But I mean, Connor, him and King, that that issue is one of my favorite things. The, the Green Lantern. Oh, oh, I know. It's so good. So, I, I we shouldn't be surprised that he still manages just, to surprise us. You no, know, that issue is phenomenal, and it is. Mm-hmm. But we don't see Shana draw Hal or, or yeah. Green Lantern in general often enough that it that yeah. You know, whenever it does happen, I'm like, oh goddamn. Do you know what's uh, interesting here is that when we get the 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 panels of him beaming out of the the fight, right? I actually thought it was turning to Mitch Gerrard's art for a second, and I was wondering, like, on a conceptual level, why is it switching to him? It's actually just Isaiah Beam, but because it does this sort of distorted thing, it made me think of Mitch yeah. Gerrard's. Uh, well, and that's probably on, on purpose, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. From, from... They know that we're probably familiar with that from uh, Mr. Miracle. Yeah, so. but it was also just the, the fact that I thought... It was interesting when we actually do see him on Earth, that, oh, we're actually on Earth in Doc Shiner art now, because up until mm-hmm. now all the Doc Shiner stuff's been on Ran. So it was a nice kind of flip of the... And it obviously, we have terrific on Ran with Garrett's art, because that's present day. So we actually flipped the, the art and locations, this yeah. issue, which is a really nice little little thing. And obviously the art there is gorgeous. Well, uh, Garrett's does the, the, the ship coming into land with terrific. I think it looks beautiful. Uh, yep. Proper it, futuristic stuff. Yeah, so we know he's done like futuristic stuff with the new gods, but not like this. Like, this is way more hard sci-fi mm-hmm. than that fantasy sci-fi of, of the new gods. And man, Garrett's uh, he's another one that we can just say how great he is all the time. Yeah. And I feel like he, and, he keeps surprising us with, like, this. I know there's um, yeah. a lot of artists that hate drawing this sort of stuff because they mm-hmm. have to make, you know, because they, they, they like drawing things, obviously, but they hate having to design spaceships right. and stuff like that and, you know, and, and make them feel realistic and natural part of the world and futuristic and you know do you do too angular do you do too rounded Mm -hmm. and then making that fit with everything else uh some artists absolutely hate that uh i don't know if if, you know if he does does a great job i I feel like well because i feel like jim lee's the opposite where he loves doing all that design stuff but when it comes to actual storytelling he's like over it at this point and his career is like no i just want to draw things i know um you know like there are there are some you know top quality artists that Absolutely, you know, if they've got the choice, won't design anything. They, you know, they will do mm-hmm. the smart thing and hire actual designers to design, mm-hmm. and then they'll draw their designs. And uh, and uh, there are some high-profile ones that are insistent that it's crazy that that's not the the standard that that comic artists are expected to be designers as well, mm-hmm. uh, because it's yeah. a completely separate. It, skill set. It, it almost makes me wonder if like DC should just have a couple of designers. That they've got on yeah. staff for everyone. The idea being that they can make a cohesive, you know, world where everything's designed oh, by the you... same couple of people, you know, right? Yeah, in the same way, in the, a... in the same way that, like, you know, like at starting with the two, Jim Lee sort of designed all the outfits, right? Which everyone then right. have to copy. Uh, for better or worse, what like you a think style about those outfits? Yeah, it was. The it was right consistent. I hated most yeah. of them, but it was consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Collars, man. Jim Lee, why do you have collars so yeah, much? Yeah, yeah. The, the the designs themselves were flawed, shall we say. But the idea of having okay, yeah. this is the design set yeah, by one of us—a template, right. you know, something to, also, to follow. I also like because Garrett's art is naturally more gritty; it gives Ran a different feel. Like I was getting oh, yeah. vibes. Oh yeah, I if, he's flying into the city. Song. It feels dystopian. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll get to the song later. That's that's later in the issue. Uh, right, because... I, want about, I want to talk about the transition though, because you've got the transition uh-huh. from the stuff on Ran, and it's, it's just he's listening to the audio message from. Uh, uh, Alana's father, and it, you've got uh, basically he's been told that he's allowed to go to the library, look at whatever he wants. Uh, the pick stuff is there, but we can't translate it, so there's no point in looking at it. 
Uh, but Which, I, did any of you go? I know what Mr. Terrific's gonna do. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the transition. So you've got that panel where you can't even see them anymore. You just you just have the, the 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 sound effect of the the room as the the you know the mm-hmm. flying cars went away. Uh, and it says yeah, it looks like a dystopian. There's rubble. It looks really messy. You turn the page, and it's this clean Silver Age Hal Jordan Green Lantern like landing on the airfield. This may be the most, and I mean this in a good way, it may be the most jarring transition that this yeah. book has had so no, far. I agree, and it's supposed to be jarring. It's supposed to, because again, going back to this isn't Shana telling the past and Gerard's telling the future or present. This is Shana telling the story. And I think yes. that's the key point here, Which, that this is the idealized and version. In the context of this issue, that ties in nicely with the whole thing with the picked records. Uh, where, where, you know, Terrific actually points out, no, what you've given me to read is your propaganda. The stuff that you've curated and, you know, created. I want to read the real stuff, the, you know, the unadulterated stuff that the other side was writing. See, and I might, man, I say I still don't trust Atlanta, especially at the end of this issue. I do feel like Adam is stuck in the middle. Like, he, that is, he's the man of two Earths, he's the hero, or the man of two worlds. He is the, the hero of two worlds. I don't think he has much control over anything. I probably think he's, not. No, he's right. Probably he's, a, not, it, not innocent bystander, but doesn't will, understand it, what's happening. Right, because he's trying to get back, not just to his family, like that's what he tells Hal and, and Superman, that he needs to get back to his family, but he needs to get back to, to his army, right? They they need him. Um, there, there's a war going on, and, you know, and, and I look where, where Hal tells him, like, you know, I talked to the Guardians. The Guardians are like, if if a Green Lantern escorts you in there, then that's going to be seen to the rest of the galaxy as them taking sides. And normally I don't agree with them. They're always wrong. But this time I, I see it. So for Hal, who's the, the biggest, you know, in this version of the story with Adam, right? Who's the biggest Russian, you know, He's the don't think about things. Right. For him to tell Adam, like, hey, this is going on. Like... It makes me question, like, what was their actual, right, conversation about? Because if this is Adam's version of things. Yeah, you know? and especially, you know, the, the Superman conversation as well. I'm getting those same mm-hmm. vibes. If This is definitely filtered through Adam's perspective. Yeah, yeah. because for, for as well as Superman comes off in, in that, right, there's things that just don't add up with Superman where he is saying, you know, like, things that do add up are, well, Mongols coming. I can't abandon Earth because... You know, I I have to help everyone, which means making decisions about how to help the most people. I'm not always right, but I have to decide. And right now I'm staying. We're not children. It's a war. That doesn't stick. To, we're not children. It's a war. Does not strike me as particularly particularly Superman, right? Yeah, no, like, it's definitely filtered through someone else's filtered impression through Adam. And I'm not saying like Adam's mind controlled, but I definitely feel there's something going on with Iranian propaganda. Maybe you know I, mean? I think this is is as simple as just you know what we're hearing here is the transcript of Adam's book essentially okay the story uh, and I'm not saying he's put words in Superman's mouth intentionally but maybe he has misinterpreted or misremembered the yeah, exact quote I, I would he's kind of played some of it up for dramatic effect maybe, yeah because... I would I would go along with that line of thinking I don't necessarily think it's intentional per se there, there could be a, an avenue there where maybe there is kind of some of the the Iran political agenda being kind yeah. of like seeded in but I don't necessarily think that's the case I feel like it's more 
he's basically taken a certain meaning from what Superman said because he's angry, because he wants help and Superman's not giving it to him. He's basically right. taken what you said and he's remembering what he felt he said at the time, but right. he was actually kind of extrapolating and, you know. Right. Yeah. So and that's what I was trying to convey, that the he's been with Rand for so long now that, that their politics is seeding, like seeping in to him, right? That, that as he's having this conversation with Superman, He's not taking what Superman is saying. Like, he's he's hearing it, but he's not listening, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then it's coming through that filter. Uh, and then, yeah. he, I love the page where he, he tries to punch Superman because he's mad. I love that, because they're, they're on the, the moon here. I, well, I'm assuming it's the moon. Looks looks very yeah. moony. Um, hmm? Just, there's, as he comes up with the punch, you can just see the, the lower gravity. Just, it, yeah. you know, it's it's not even that much. It's not even like he's in your know, huge leap or anything. It's just mm. enough that the body feels, you know, like he's got less weight. It's it's really, yeah. really strong art to pull that off. Again, Shainer's really good. Yeah, like, yeah, he is. He also like, snuck all three of them into the issue in the uh, in the the scene with with Hal. Yeah, yeah. Tom uh, King was especially yeah. noticeable. Yeah, King's the bartender. The You've got uh, Garrett's uh, at the back, sitting at one of the tables, and mm -hmm. then you've got Shainer. Uh, drinking behind Halloween. I think there should be a rule. Holy if, shit, it is him! I, I think there should be a rule that if Tom King's going to have a cameo in a comic book, he should have to draw himself. <laughs> Regardless of the rest of the art. I think they should just draw him as Tom Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. See if they do an issue later in this run where it's not the, the Shiner bit, it's the Garrods bit, but he draws in Tom King and it's like, no, 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 you thought you saw Tom Taylor, uh, Tom King because uh, that was the, the fabricated version of the past. That, the is, that is the best thing to do here. In, in the, <laughs> when, they, when they inevitably show some of these scenes, not necessarily this one, but some of these yeah. scenes again, the real version uh, with Garrods art, replace King with, with Taylor. <laughs> you know, so seeing and and I, I know this is gonna digress from that, but I'm looking at that through that art because I had to go back and look for the page of of uh, Shainer, and then it, it clicked right. But the above that you have Hal and and Carol and Tom, yeah. and I'm like, where's Tom Kalamaku been in all of this? Oh, it been... just really made me think. I can't remember like, the last time. Decades. So the, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long last like, time. And I know Taika played him in the movie, right? Um, which we don't talk about because that movie's terrible. Wait, did um, he? Oh my god. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, did he? I mean, it's uh, been a long geez. time since he's seen him. I believe so because Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds has been messing with him. Um, that is, uh, that's funny. It's been so long since. I've, I've not seen him since be, theaters. If, if I watched that movie no, now, I would you know, immediately it. recognize him, I'm sure. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know who he was at the time. Uh, yeah. So Tom, back to. Uh, Kalmaku. Back right on, on, back on Ran. Uh, what do you think the tune is to this hologram song that's playing? I was trying to figure it out. I can't get it. I'm hearing it as a K-pop song for some reason. <laughs> my Ran. So what's a K-pop? My Ran. What's a K-pop song sound like to those that wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to start. I I, I will uh, I will leave one on my Twitter uh, tomorrow. Yeah. In the next I, day. I don't know. And people can go and see what I mean. I don't know K-pop. Well, like, I, I, I can I can do you some. Uh, I don't know if it counts as J-pop, but uh, Baby Metal. Uh, uh, J-Metal. Yeah. J-Metal. Okay, I could do you some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because I, I know like certain certain New Japan characters come out to what sounds like pop type of stuff. Um, K-pop, like J-pop, like Naito. That far. No. Far the... So that's what I'm wondering because like Naito has this really. 
I think even Connor would enjoy Naito's theme. If you look up uh, um, Tetsuo Naito's music, Connor, at some point. I don't I think he, It's called Stardust. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. But anyways, yeah. Um, I had no idea what this, uh, this song tune was. But it does unsettle me. There's something about <laughs> the girl dressed as, as Adam. I, I like, think I think Matt was feeling things and he's he's confused because it's a sexy Adam Strange. <laughs> I can admit that I find Adam Strange sexy. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but the the gender bend version. Um, it was it was surreal to kind of just see this, you know, this female Adam Strange yeah. singing a pop song and that being the thing on Ran. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, but like, what is that culture, right? Like, oh, it's so I mean. Strange. Well, I mean, we're getting an idea that there's a lot of propaganda, so that seems to be propaganda, because mm-hmm. it seems to be in the, yeah. the interest of Rand to promote Adam Strange as this war hero. Yes, but we don't make war heroes pop stars. Well, this is Rand. They do things no, differently. No, 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 but you do turn pop stars into soldiers, right, Elvis? Oh, yeah, no, sure, you go the other way. Uh, right, but... Gene Autry, yeah, right? Of course, so... but this is... Uh... This is a little bit different. I want to talk to the guy that he's there to see. The shitting grin on his face at the bottom of that page is such good, yeah. uh, just art. Like I just, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, no, it's impossible. <laughs> and, uh, so, so did you take this as him saying like it is is actually impossible, or he's like, no, it's not impossible, that, but it's impossible to little, you. Little McCollum A, little column B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I took it directly as he's not allowed to see those. Uh, they think there's right. no point, but of course he proves in the very next page that he can speak picked. He's, he's basically it's learned which. it. Yes. Right, because as soon as I heard, like, oh, no one can translate picked, I was like, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Terrific can. He's the third smartest man on Earth, which yeah. I don't know where it came from, but someone suggested that because he's Mr. Terrific and believes in fair play, he is actually the smartest man, but either it keeps people off their game thinking he's third, or he's so humble that third's just fine. Yeah, I well, that's obviously leads to an armed force showing up in his like hotel room or wherever on Ran, and they demand that he you know he stand down, uh, and of course he's like, nah, T spheres take care of them. Uh, I like the the last one where he just kind of swings back around and bonks him on the head. Yeah, well, that, that's some nice pacing in the humor there. That's one of my, one of my only art problems is they they use a crack sound effect for that, and I feel like a bonk would have been more effective. Mm. A bonk, or, or even a dink. Yeah, a dink. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then we go back to Adam, who comes back to, to Ran. He actually wakes up in the battlefield, and there's just tons of dead bodies. Uh, really stark image, I thought. Uh, but some of the art from Gareth, so this is where he goes to confront uh, Alana's father, and some of the some of the, the facial expressions here, especially the, the page where it's just the three wide panels going down, strange, uh, it's not strange, a terrific face as he's looking at him before he slaps him. It slaps mm-hmm. him back, I should specifically say. Uh, it looks so good. Like, the expression, there's so much emotion... Uh, you can see what's going through his head and the art, mm-hmm. and then of course he, he slaps him back, and he's like, "He's just the backhand as well." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." What the hell did you think, Fair Play Man? <laughs> I uh, that might be my Fair Play Man. I was censoring yeah. it. That, <laughs> well, that look, might... and that's the point. The book censors it as well, but because yeah. um, which was a stylistic choice they made. Obviously, they're allowed to in in this uh, you know black yeah. label book. So, like, I know he's probably too old to play Mister Terrific. But I read oh, this Matt, Mike. Dennis Haysbert. Mm. Yeah. And basically, so obviously he's confronting him about not being able to read the picked uh, diaries right. and, and accuses him of the propaganda and all the rest of it. So, you know, of course, he's basically told that he's, he's, he's not coming back. He's not getting help from Rand now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all very unhappy about this. Uh, whereas, of course, uh, Alana finds Adam back in the, uh, 
the the recreation as as it were, mm-hmm. uh, and gives him his jetpack, and he's like, hey, you know, it's time to go fight for revenge and blah blah. So uh, we have intercutting of them flying together in the past with modern Alana uh, greeting Mister Terrific arriving back home. Uh, it's it's really telling how she's doing the um the uh the, the thing for the you know the, the the sultry smoking kind of being mysterious. Every time you see her, she's blowing smoke, literally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, that's uh, not lost on. So on me. basically, she's about to spring uh, the trap that she was setting up at the end of last issue. Although the trap last issue was more obviously tied to Batman. Batman. But yeah. right. uh, clearly, there's something up her sleeve here for for terrific. But, but Batman's not Michael Holt, right? Like, so I I just feel like he's also got a trap card, you know, that he's going to play. Sure. Because, sure. because what made, what made, um, what made Sardath smack Mr. Terrific was he brought up what happened to Aaliyah Strange. Yeah. Um, or Alina. Which one is it? Shit. Your names are too close. Uh, yeah, it was like Aaliyah, I think. Uh, it's Aaliyah. Yeah. yeah. Aaliyah. You're right yeah. the first time. To your what happened to your granddaughter, right? And and then so, so they know that he knows, right? Like something's yeah, something's up. Back to the art on that page with the mm-hmm. three panels. Yeah. The uh, the just the the sound effects, the 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 slap, the first one, you know, the just the the black bold lettering, you know, medium size, it's <laughs> in the middle of the panel, and then the bottom one is this huge, you know, massive <laughs> slap. He smacked the damn glasses off of him. Yeah, but it's like. It's, I mean, the art obviously, the, you know, it, it it tells it without that, but just even just down to the size and the lettering of these effects is sublime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also want to point out the ending of this. So you obviously you've got Alana in present day saying, you know, uh, Michael, it's about time for you to be done. Kind of obviously she's got something up her sleeve. She's about to spring something on him, and uh, we'll get to that next issue. But that's not the last panel. The last panel it, it cuts back to you know, the idyllic, you know, story version of her flying with Adam, and it's her just saying yes always and everything for Ran. And I love how that last page is the idealistic version of her, you know, devoting herself to her cause as she's doing something shady in present day, presumably mm-hmm. to cover up something she did for Ran. Pre- presumably something for Ran, yeah. yeah. So right. it just Which... it, it's a really nice uh, way of ending it. Uh, yeah. By contrasting um, the idealism right next to the kind of the shady actual, you know, real life, like, practical implications yeah, using, of it. You know, there's a lot of books where you have two artists on it, and you go, oh, two artists. And then you get this book, and the, the two yeah, contrasting but... arts are used to such sublime effect. It's just, it's a it's yeah. spectacular storytelling. Because usually when you have two artists, though, it's not, there's not that intent. There's usually yeah. because someone's finishing because that's, of deadlines. That's or... just yeah, one usually of... like a, a best case scenario as well. There's a reason for a different mm-hmm. artist, but it wasn't it right. wasn't the original intention. This, yeah, I mean, this is this is a rare example of clearly the choice to have the two artists was made first for artistic reasons. It's mm-hmm. just actually the icing on the cake that it means that it's probably quite easy for them to keep the schedule because mm-hmm. they're only doing half a book yeah. each. Right. So, but but here they are seamlessly working together to tell a cohesive story, yeah. like. Like you, you notice when it's Shaner's art versus Garrett's, but unless it's meant to be jarring, it doesn't feel jarring because yeah, they just look at that the way that, that it's laid out. Look at that last pair of panels. You, you've got mm-hmm. just because they're side by side, so it's really easy to compare them. You know, Garrett's has got all this shading, all this moodiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaner's got flat colors. It's this bright, bold, vivid, silver age-looking style. The 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 
basically the idea of a superhero versus the shady actual what, you know it's, what, what, you know, it's, it's clear it's the story versus reality yeah the, the price to pay for for what it actually is so it's it's, it's just it's really well done in, in pretty much every regard uh yeah so no, I mean, there's a reason why this gets a, a sort of main event slot. It's, it's, it's real that the the, yeah. new, the new issue of Batman's like fourth on the list this week, and that's kind of rare. But it just so happens that there's things that rank above it. Supersede it. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, fantastic issue, Matt. What are you giving uh, Strange oh, Adventures issue four? I think it was a nine point five. It Oof. just keeps rolling on out. Oh, I, I love this book. My God, Matt's in Man. a happy mood. Uh, I, I thought I was going on the high end when I was going to give it a nine. Um, yeah, but no, damn, it's... Now, now I look like I'm just, you know, just a nine. <laughs> no, I, I, my ratings are, are meaningless for the most part because yeah. seven is seven's toward, towards the bottom. It's <laughs> a very small scale. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go with the nine out of ten. Uh, it's excellent. It's excellent. And I, I, I think the, the 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 runs getting better as it goes because as we compound and really get to the meat, it was this is the same thing that happened with Mr. Miracle. It was very good for the first few issues, but once you started to really get what it was doing, because all this the stuff started to come together and click, it was like a, a whole different world. You know, by the time we got halfway through that book, it was kind of like, oh, now it's an event every month to read an issue of this, yeah. and I feel like we're getting yeah. to that point and, with this one now. And much like Mr. Miracle, I feel like I always enjoy it more after we've talked about it yeah mm-hmm. like, I, I enjoy reading it it's, it's a great that, read obviously that's sad we, I feel... it we dig into it i'm like oh i like it even more now. yeah but see i feel like mr miracle lent itself to unpacking whereas this one does too but this one's a little bit more straightforward like you can kind of see what they're going for more right here. now yeah yeah right versus mr miracle where i remember that first issue i came out of it not knowing if i liked it until we talked about it because we unpacked everything mm-hmm. you know so yeah a bit yeah. more digestible yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how uh, how it goes. So, deceased dead planet issue two. Tom Taylor writing, Trevor here saying on the art. Tom Taylor got bumped to third. Now, admittedly, uh, you know, just by its nature, events and tie-ins to events always have to go to the top. Otherwise, it would be second, right? You know, yeah. strange in that so, this would be higher up. Before, but before we jump in, I forgot when we were talking about the list of fandom. Uh, creators attending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herson is. Uh, I don't. I don't. I didn't spot Taylor's name. It doesn't mean he's not. But Herson's there, right. which means it may be more deceased being announced. Ah, uh, possibly. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so this issue, kind of interestingly, for the most part, actually follows on from the characters that were in the other mini. Uh, you know, the Unkillables. Yeah. Uh, like obviously the characters from issue one and the the mainline book mm-hmm. that do appear and kind of intersect with them. Uh, when they they come for Sanctuary and the the Guardian, as it were. Uh, but. You know, we, we see we see Roy and we, we see uh the magic users show up and you know, for the last five years they've been doing a decent job of keeping their Yeah, the new shadow pack. Yeah, the people uh, safe from uh. from the zombies of the world. Uh including <laughs> oh. Ragman, who I'm sorry, yeah. Adol ruined Ragman for me because as soon as I saw it was Ragman I started giggling to myself. <laughs> me too. But so explain how why it's so bad from Arrow. It uh, wasn't even that bad. It was just the way he appeared for like half a season and then they wrote him out with like no yeah. warning no explanation he just uh, vanished yeah it was just it was just Damn. really weird how they treated them it wasn't so much that the actor or the the you know the version of him was bad it was just he became such a sort of running laughing joke for us uh, and whenever we referenced See, them ragman's one that i always want to get into because i so like some other heroes there's there's a small contingent of people like I, i'm sure i fit into that with booster gold ragman has fans and they're very diehard for, for Ragman, which is cool. Um, 
but I can never like there's never that one story that they can point me to like that's fantastic that I, I should read but so seeing them show up I was like oh that's cool how's that power going to work though when these things don't have souls and then uh, and then Tom King through narration yeah. <laughs> delivers on that Tom Taylor well, no, I think you'll find Tom, Tom Taylor <laughs> you're just talking about King yeah go. in Matt's defense I think I implanted that accidentally yeah. you did talking about so yeah, so the Swamp Thing has got a concern. He shows up. There's a bit of fighting, of course, uh, which has mm-hmm. some fun. Uh, but Swamp Thing shows up and says, okay, there's an area in Australia. Uh, I wonder if Tom Taylor sp- specifically picked Australia just because it's the, the homeland. Uh, he definitely did. But he's, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a garden in Australia that needs our help. Uh, and I actually, I love the panel of Swamp Thing because Constantine's like, hey, there's a bunch of people, zombies here, start to deal with it. He's just like, oh, I'll deal with them. And just he just spikes them all with vines, like, just really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, why don't you just open with that? And yeah, then yeah. Like, Australia is like, nah, piss off, mate. Australia was was a shit hole before the undead. <laughs> Dangerous thing you'll find. That's kind Dangerous of thing. See, no. Yeah. This is no. This is me in, interpreting Constantine talk. Yeah, last last night we were recording the TV. Just Connor insulted like four countries in the space of five minutes. He has some serious xenophobia going on. Well, no, that's um, because, no. This is I didn't get to round to insulting the Australians in that, so I had to make up for it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So real, real quick. Can we just talk about how cool it was to see Detective Chimp ripping arms off? Sure. <laughs> Very cool. Like, yes. Sure. Like, come on, man. I, uh, the uh, flame off as well uh, made yeah. me laugh. Mm. So we have uh, the garden in Gotham uh, and the characters showing up. Uh, so Rose goes back without the others because the others all go to Australia. Uh, Harley's there uh, with, their, with their glasses on looking all kind of weirdly mixed between scientist and Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. The Tower of Fate is actually in the middle of the garden, helping protect it. Which is cool. From the outside yeah. world. Yeah, this is an example of Taylor using everything in the DC Universe to, you know, be a part of the story. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see Fate, we see Mary Marvel there and all the rest of it. And she had such a big moment, of course, uh, in, in that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of my favourite things in the whole the whole of Deceased so far, to be honest. It's, it's probably the standout yeah. moment of the, the whole Thing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you've got uh, Damien and, and Jason reuniting and mm-hmm. embracing and cast, you know, saying the bats looks good on him, all these things. Uh, and they have this debate because Dynak has Oliver in a green bubble, you know, yep. to, you know sort of isolating him because, because he's infected. And they drop this bombshell on uh, when Ivy and all that say, no, we keep people outside because we don't let any infected in here. And then they drop the bombshell, which of course they just learned at the end of the last issue, is that there is a cure. They haven't found it yet, but they're convinced they can get one now, which really changes everything. And it's such a downer for everyone there. Going, we spent years killing all our friends. Yep. And, you know, I, I thought we you know, we dealt with all this, and and now we did the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So and it's inside Cyborg, so they're going to look into it and see. Uh, they also reveal here that Damien uh, and uh, Cassandra. Uh, as in Cassie, Wonder Girl, yeah, uh, not Kane. <laughs> it's just really important to point that Especially out. Especially now they're both around. Yeah, right. Uh, they're in a relationship, which makes sense because obviously Cassandra Kane was never on the other planet with them. But right, uh, just to make it clear. So we see them kissing, and so that sets that up. Uh, but the real stuff here. So this issue I thought was solid. Right, it was fine. It wasn't as great as the Incalibles issues or anything. It was just solid doing its thing. And then we get to what this river of blood turned out to be, and I yep. popped. I popped my tits off yep. for this. It, uh, <laughs> Australia really is dangerous. <laughs> so, like, so there's this like a central like building, and there's this river of blood, and then all these zombies around it. 
and they're debating how to get in and it's, it's bobo that realizes that's not blood this river and we get this gorgeous two-page spread uh, it's actually plastic man who is zombified but he's just this melting river of plastic and he comes out of the plastic. you can just see sort of the goggles kind of and part of the face yeah and then what looks like the tongue reaching out towards them but the tongue is like made up of like just spikes yeah it's it's wonderful horror stuff that again it's just like using different because was, was Plastic Man in any of the seats before? No. No. no that I can remember. Uh, but th- this was just like a... This was so exciting. I feel like he keeps finding new things from the DC University. Okay, what if this appeared in the seats? How would it appear? And what's happened to it? And, you know, and this was just a wonderful, like, you know, <laughs> that ain't no river. <laughs> That's Plastic <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, and then the Shadow Pack goes down. Oh, yeah. Like, they just start getting... Uh, Zatara like... goes pretty quickly. Uh... <sighs> You know, this, this is the cliffhanger at the end of the book. You know, we 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 get those three mysterious characters in this central structure, uh, with the Plastic Man was sort of like orbiting, but uh, you know, Constantine may still be alive. It looks like he's getting mm-hmm. swallowed by Plastic Man at the end, but he's he's not impaled like the others. It seems to be him, Bobo, and Swamp Thing seem to yeah. be still alive as they're yes. going in, whereas the others uh, have been yeah. a bit more impaled. Yeah. So they may ask, so maybe maybe Plastic Man will keep them alive because he's working at the behest of these yeah. three mysterious well, figures. Well, if he's zombified though, I mean, how do you control that? Ah, uh, maybe that'll you be know? a plot thing. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's definitely not going to be like who we expect, right? Like because it says next time a greater evil. So r- right, I'm, I'm so expecting like, like a villain even worse than the actual zombie apocalypse. It's some. You know. Yeah, it's because we we ruled out a bunch of villains in the unkillable stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, we, we yeah, had Grundy's. Yeah, Grundy, yeah. Um, Vandal Savage. Savage. Like, yeah, he, he was part of that, and like, I'm curious of where Lex is in all of this, but I, that's too on the nose. Maybe. Right? I mean, um, if one uh, well, of them is Lex, it wouldn't surprise me. No. Well, I think the one on the left called Snap, but that's just me. So. Mm. Sure. Real quick, what what would you call the the Mister Freeze Batman from the Legend of the Dark Knight? Legend of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember he was the Freezeified Batman. Oh, that's Batman. good. That's good. Uh, oh, I bet there was a bat that lived like through the Ice Age that we could <laughs> go back and like. <laughs> look, look, this is a great week for our love of cold villains because we've got two new ones introduced. Right, coming yeah, right. Bat- yes, that'll we'll be get- Batman. We'll get there. But yes. Uh, so I'm thinking Colstat, Minister Blizzard, and maybe Icicle Junior as these three shadowy figures. Uh, that's my guess. Also, there's a possibility that these aren't traditional villains, but they're just villainous now. That's, uh, and that's what I mean. Like, I, Ted Card! See... Ted Card's one of them! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would not put it past him. Because <laughs> um, I go, well, Booster did go out, right? Yeah, yeah. In Unkillables. Yeah. Or yeah. no, Booster went out in the deceased the one shot. In the first one, in the one yeah. shot. Yeah. Oh, that, that is good, Pete. I know you said that because of Suicide Squad, but um, you never know. Maybe it was writing this that led him to be like, you know, who would make a good villain? Ted Cord. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, I mean, we're we're guessing DC cards. For for all we know, this is like you know, the the three surviving members of Queen or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I'll show you. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They were, on, they were on vacation. They were touring in Australia. Um, also, uh, King has gone on... Okay, I just did it again. Taylor's <laughs> gone on record. I hate you for this, Connor. Um, uh, you incepted me. He's gone on, on Twitter uh, saying there's never... Uh, 
there Laura's the only true Wolverine, and mm. he won't acknowledge the other one, which is killing me. Because uh, there funny. are people out He's there right. that don't realize that you know Tom Taylor has has written you know all new Wolverine and whatnot. So they just think he's just some guy with a wrong opinion. Um, with guy. a wrong opinion, with a correct opinion. No, but you know Wolverine fans are like Batman fans, right? Like there's there's a whole load of them. That, you mean they're, they're always wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Um, but you know they're, they're on the surface like yeah, I, I love Wolverine and you know Logan is the Wolverine and they like I love big manly snakes. Yeah, and so he goes, <laughs> he posted a picture that someone drew of of Jonathan and he goes the actual Wolverine <laughs> and he capitalized it. Uh, Laura and Gabby, the only Wolverines I, I acknowledge, and it was—it's really funny. So oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's great. Uh, the Seastead Planet issue too, Matt. What you what you give it? Uh, because of the 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 shock factor and whatnot, I'm I'm gonna give this. I mean, it was a well written issue, but it had a lot of fun turns. Um, I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Connor. Yeah, same for me. I think it was trending towards the eight until that last handful of pages, mm-hmm. and then it. Kind of stepped up a notch and was like, oh, okay, uh, so eight point five. Yeah, and I'm sure with the straight eight. If anything, I was probably hovering around a seven, which is low for a Tom King. Uh, sorry, a Tom Taylor. <laughs> See, damn it! Oh, what have I done? I can't believe this is starting that. Uh, which is low for a Tom Taylor issue for many of us, uh, but me especially here. Um, but then I think the last like four or five pages just like elevated the whole point. Like I was like. It- an eight's acceptable. It's on the low end of what we will accept yeah. for a Taylor book on the show. Exactly, yes. Yes, if I if I get a seven point five from Taylor, I'm I'm right and <laughs> like, that, yeah. that's that's downright disappointing from Tom Taylor. Yes, even though you know most writers would, would kill for a seven point five on the regular. Uh so there you go, that's the ceased dead planet issue too. Batman ninety six, James Tyon the fourth and Jorge Jimenez on the art, the second part of Joker War, so we're we're continuing with this stuff. It's uh, interesting, I think, uh, going forward with this. Uh, the idea that Joker's outfitting gangs and stuff throughout the city with the, with cars mm-hmm. and tech because he's got access to the, the Wayne tech and all yeah. the all the money. It's uh, it's it's a story. Uh, <laughs> well, let's start off with this uh, this uh, sort of dream sequence of the future. This perfect Gotham that Batman has built uh, with Alfred, where he has the you know, the, 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 the 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 sort of shiny bright Batman outfit. There's a phone app that lets people know. Like, it's actually called, you know, a bat signal. I got a bat signal. This kid's about to get yeah. knocked over and he gets the signal. You know, normally I would hate stuff like this, mm-hmm. but there there is something about the the utopic Gotham that I do feel like it is fun to see every once in a while. That's interesting, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, like I don't mind like, in a dream sequence here or there. No, but like like they they played with that in uh, in in the sixth. What was it? Sixth dimension. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, and whatnot, and it was a, like there was a bit of sinisterness to it because of that story. It, and Tynan worked on that too, right? Like he he was still he was still helping here or there, but he was yeah. definitely doing stuff on okay. the box still around I, there. I don't know if he did that particular. Honestly, right. Right. like I mean, I thought this was a really fun little uh, dream sequence, and the only disappointment I have with it is that Mister Freeze's two sons of Ace Pop and Snow Cone will not be around yeah. for future stories because it was a dream sequence. And I, I was gonna short they are like they're definitely still actual children. Yes. Yeah. So I, I read this early on Tuesday, and I was going to tag Pete, but <laughs> I don't know when he reads his comics, so I didn't want to spoil uh, Snow Cone and I, I can spot. spoil that for you, Matt. He reads them an hour before we start recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Not always. But... Sometimes I'm in the mood on a Tuesday, I'll be like, oh, I can read them on release yeah. day. 
Well, be because of the nature of the internet now, even yes. though I, I get this both ways, I get it digitally and I get it physically, because I don't trust the internet not to spoil things, especially on something as big as Batman or Death Metal or mm -hmm. stuff like that when yeah. it comes out. I'll read that on the Tuesday first thing, just, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, but I know not everybody's like me, but as soon as I saw Snow Cone and Ice Pop, I was like, Pete has to know about these. Because he looked old. <laughs> So, I, mean, I, was new ice villains, I was cackling. I was cackling. I mean, Tynan basically, in uh, a few pages, cemented this as a historic Batman run that will be measured <laughs> against every other Batman. I, I <laughs> don't know why the speculators were going after the, the, the Robin King. I know, Snow Cone. I don't either. Would you have Snow Cone and Ice Pop? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, well, you know what, though? Tynan is great at taking, the, the, you know, like, look what he did with Clayface uh, and Detective. So, if we can get a run like that with Snow Cone and Ice Pop, that's it, man. I, I joke because I'm pretty sure the speculators did go after this because of Clown Hunter. Um, uh -huh. But we'll forget about Clown Hunter. This, yeah. is where, this is where the value will pay off. Hey, I'm telling you that this is this is seeding stuff for endless winter. We got two more to add to the add to the cold list. <laughs> We're really setting this up. It I, is. And I also love the idea of Bruce having this dream of a future like perfect Gotham where he only has to go out as Batman like once a month. And so his mind created these two. This is not something else. This is his mind created yeah. Ice Pop and Just Snow Cone. While I remember on the uh, Endless Winter thing, uh, we got a comment telling us we missed the obvious team name. The oh, Just yeah. Ice team. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset. I'm disappointed in us. Uh, I, I, I think if, if we'd been writing it down, you'd, we'd have got that. But yeah. because we're all yeah. doing it orally, you don't see it. Right. <sighs> I kind of I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Anyways, uh, um, Batman. Yes, Batman. So he's talking to Alfred in the cave, and then a really dark page where Alfred's neck just almost comes clean off. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's a neck snap, but his head is dangling upside do, down. Do you know what it he's like? nearly headless neck. Yes, thank you. That was exactly what I was about to say. It's, it's that moment where he pulls his head off to show them. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, so Batman wakes up from this nightmare, you know, screaming no, and Harley's there. Harley's like sort of dragged his body from the explosion from the end of last issue. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of digging, uh, like, she's got, like, a sort of Mad Max thing going on right now with the goggles yeah. and, like, all the, the ripped parts of her the jacket and stuff. Well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really selling Gotham as a war zone. And I think something I liked about the last issue a lot was, like, setting up the stakes of this feels like a big Bat story, a big Gotham story. And this issue, I think, well, I didn't focus on it as much. It did continue the, the idea, the feeling of the city right now, that everything's kind of in chaos because of what's going on. Uh, so she explains what Joker's up to with like fund, you know, funding people. The clown hunters, Joker there. reveals, Joker cycles, Joker yeah. planes. Yep, all the all the Jokerized things. Uh, you know, clown hunter is you know this vigilante, but he's killing the 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 criminals. So he's a kind of like a yeah. you know the extreme version of of a, of is, a back uh, character. He's Jason Todd inspired, I feel, in the sense that he's that. kind of taking that Batman to the next I level in his mind. I would say, imagine the guys in hockey pads from The Dark Knight, except they're competent, or he's competent. <laughs> I love that his axe uh, that, that he uses, I say mm -hmm. axe, uh, is a, a batarang that he's found. Uh, it's, it's a bat terrain. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a baseball bat. Yeah. With yes. a batarang uh, through it. I, yeah. I just want to say, I don't want to thought I don't wear hockey. I'm not wearing hockey pads. That's something that gets yelled in my house at least once a week <laughs> <laughs> because of that scene of The Dark Knight. Uh, also, uh, because of Connor, uh, Bane on the Harley show is is doing the the Tom Hardy Bane, yep. which has then led to that being done in my house yes. for the last oh. couple of days. Yes. So, uh, I, I, 
Honestly, I'd be okay if every have, bin have for the rest of life. Have you done any of the committee meetings with Bane yet? And the chairs? No, I don't think so. I yeah, just you'll, you'll go, know when going you around there. little cobble pots, uh, bar mitzvah, and him <laughs> him talking about he was just here for the party. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, Cloud yes. Hunter. So so Batman is a little bit delusional. He starts hearing Alfred, so he runs off from Harley, saying, "I have to go find him," uh, because there's a and that's actually we brought up Dark Knight there, kind of as a mm. joke, but. This next bit actually reminded me of Dark Knight. You know, during the Dark Knight when he's got uh, the newscaster on camera. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty old school thing to do, admittedly, but it made me think of it. Uh, oh. Joker's got this, uh, you know, this the owner from the, the movie theater uh, yeah. basically yeah. telling everyone to go to see, you know, Mask of Zorro at the theater. And uh, he's carved the Z for Zorro into yeah, his face. into his face. Yeah, like, didn't even, like, the guy should have just took his money and ran, you know? But of course... Um, Yes. Yeah. Prepare for the final shot at the end of the uh, the cue cards was especially uh, Yeah, prepare dark. for the final shot and then the bang in the yeah. final panel worked really well. So, you know, it's you know Bruce gets that this is personal. Joker's really, you know, touching some some personal buttons here. Uh he's he's having more sort of demented visions of his parents and Harley's trying to so, so Harley's actually trying to play psychologist here. She's trying to snap Bruce out of it because you know the city needs Batman right now. Mm-hmm. Like we need we yeah. need this. I, I actually I kinda dug her being kind of salty about punchline. Although I will say, intentionally never getting her name right. Yeah, I didn't yes. think the first one was in, was kind of even as a like an intentional thing was thoroughly unfunny. It was like like knife line or something like that. I knife line. That... I I liked it in the sense that that felt like we could actually use that name and it would work. Okay. Yeah. Uh. But regardless, uh, Batman runs off, uh, and he's hearing Alfred. Like it's, it's, it's like the old days where Alfred's like talking in his ear yeah. over the comms, but he's not really there, of course. So- that that's from the fear gas venom thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's probably and and probably he is at a really weakened mental hell, state. Maybe the yeah, the best image of the the book is when he's standing in the corner of a building and it's all the purple lights in the rain mm-hmm. uh, as he's looking down. Oh, it's gorgeous, yeah, Go- gorgeous stuff. Uh, so he takes out some thugs. Uh, he goes to the theater. There's a lot of dead bodies that have been jokerized. Uh, Joker claims that this is people that he's been, you know, he, that he's killed over the years. That he's he's had his his men go out and dig up, dig up, yeah. Uh, but they all kind of rise, and the idea being that his, uh, you know, his toxin can actually control people, and that he's maybe actually going to build an army, uh, in and Gotham. Who knows how much of this is just in Bruce's head right now yeah, with, that, the, with the gas? Yeah, that's the thing. I I don't know I'm, how much we can trust. I don't know. This is this is the one that that got me. As I was going, I got to this, and that was the the thing I didn't like in the designer story, was mm-hmm. the the gas that you know zombified people and allowed them to control. Like it's, I don't know. I know it's comics, but that's a bridge too far in a Batman book for me. Yeah. So I'm. I hope this is his, you know, delusions because of everything, and like I I hope we don't get a zombified Alfred. You know, honestly, oh. my first instinct <laughs> was that that it is just in his head. We might see a zombified Alfred as a vision to, to, to Bruce. I just going through this issue and seeing that kind of as a repeated theme, and you know, because Bruce's guilt over Alfred because of the Bane stuff. Mm. You know, um, I will yeah. say though, that this is continually making Alfred's death feel more important after yeah. the fact, uh, in a way that the actual death itself never felt. So, yeah. uh, fair play there. Uh, I mean, I thought it was solid enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I want like a, a full-on like Joker controlling zombies story 
yeah. going forward. I don't know if that's what Joker War is really going to be, or if this is just going to be like a, a little bit of a, a side thing because Batman's like having these hallucinations. But right. uh, we'll see. We'll see. I thought the issue of, uh, was another solid one after after that first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, I have, and like I say, the art's uh, very pretty in places. It's so so seeing the cover. Uh, and who drew the cover? I got a little worried, <laughs> and then you know you open it up and it's it's um, help me out here. Jimenez. It's right there. Jimenez. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jimenez. I always want to say the, I the it other was Jimenez. a Jimenez cover still. Yeah, is it not? No, mine. No, mine. Uh, my okay. cover. Yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, a lot of the time when I get them digitally, I don't pay that much attention to the cover until we get to our best of the oh. show, mm-hmm. and in the credits page at the back, it says. Yeah. Jimenez and Mori as as is the cover. So yeah, I just but that's what I'm gonna say. Assumed, but yeah, that's definitely not Jimenez and Mori, right? Like, uh, yeah. let me go back and look at it. Um, no, definitely not. Uh, March's signature's yeah, there as well. March. Yeah, where's it at? Uh, on the right, underneath right the best toys. Is it... Yeah. Okay. So I, I, you made me feel like I was crazy for a minute, and I was like, did I no, mistake it's... Jimenez for? <laughs> no, it's a, uh, a a misprint in the credits. Okay. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Okay, so let's read it then, uh, Matt. What are you giving it? Well, I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Like it, it's it's fine. The art does a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, but yeah, I started closer. I got to the end, the more I wasn't enjoying as much. So, Connor, yeah, it's a straight seven from me. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm kind of into it, but I'm not loving it. 10 for me, ice pop and snow cone, easy peasy. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll probably go a bit straight. Uh, I think I'm leading a little bit higher, uh, and I'm kind of digging the overall feel of like the you know kind of the the big sort of city wide Batman's mission as a whole is really in question because he's lost Alfred and all that stuff. Uh, the personal beats to it, and yes, snow cone and ice pop get some points. So there you go. Justice League issue 50, Cy Spurrier rating with Aaron Lepresti on the art. This is the double size special issue 50. Which actually just acts as essentially issues three and four of a four issue arc. It just happens to be one big issue. <laughs> uh, so Cara forgot to read this this week. I will read it. I will be back on for the next issue. I genuinely did not realize this was out. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Mm. I've been enjoying this this uh, this arc. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I need this to be a double sized issue. I, I I kind of felt a little bit, and I don't know if it's just because it's the page count and I, I had a lot of stuff to read or or what. But I, I was feeling a little bit the because you know it's definitely been like a a B tier, just kind of all right book, right? It's not been one of the more exciting things. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm going to kind of gloss over some of the the fighting and whatnot. There's a, the big thing in this issue is that Batman starts to act a little out of character. It's intentional because they all start noticing it. It's like, wait, why is Batman suggesting such weird stuff? Because uh, at one point, Batman says, "We oh, they've got main control tech. Why don't we just main control everyone? And I immediately went, wait a minute, like, in Infinite Crisis, you were so anti-main control. This is like, I mean, we've got an actual big example of Batman being so against this. Uh, it is explained, though, there is a reason for it. Uh, the, the, the former Queen is kind of controlling him uh, with a device on his forehead. Uh, if you remember, Batman was kind of confronted uh, at the end of the last issue. We didn't really see the outcome of that. Um, so, you know, they continue to struggle with what's going on. More uh, audio clips of what they're just like are saying to each other when they're fighting or taking out of context and played to the, mm-hmm. the populace. Uh, the two kids they saved on the original ship that they found, one of them went the cyborg route, one's went the, the metahuman route. And they basically hate each other now. Like, they've, they've turned into like complete rivals. Uh, they, they refuse to be in a room with each other. And it's through these two that Wonder Woman kind of tries to find common ground and by the end of the book kind of convinces them to work with each other uh, as kind of a... 
an example that they can kind of forge ahead and and all that uh ultimately they find out that the queen was kind of behind everything and that she wanted to start this war with this other planet and uh, mainly because all this with the justice league would ultimately have the the, the population kind of beg to be like taken over and like want to be mm-hmm. ruled and want to be submissive and that's different from forcing it so that's what she wanted that's what she's hoping to get but wonder woman records some of what she says and plays it back to everyone and finally is able to kind of convince them that hey maybe you can go forward maybe you can coexist uh and so on because all of their differences are basically just all fabricated anyway uh so i've kind of like quickly sped through what the gist of what happens in the issue that that's kind of the whole thing um but it is like you know 48 pages <laughs> of, of of story uh, it takes a while to get there there's a lot of fighting with the ships in the sky uh there's you know the debates between the characters the you know some bickering here or there uh they are pretty solid uh if, if not special but that just kind of goes with the last couple issues and you know the character beats sometimes the characters are a little bit catty with each other you know there's a point where flash at one point says to one like, oh drop it diana you know or something like that there's just little snipes at each other that feels a little bit uh testy um but uh yeah, ultimately, Wonder Woman actually, there's like a reveal later on that Batman's been faking being mind-controlled for a little bit, because uh, Wonder Woman used the lasso to sort of deactivate the device, uh, and then ultimately, uh, that's how they kind of win by the end. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I know Connor's complaints was kind of Wonder Woman was on her own side and no one was really siding with her, uh, and ultimately here she sort of discovered to be, like, in the right, essentially, where ultimately she was in the right the whole time. I'm uh, shocked. <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's all right it was, it was perfectly readable I, it's kind of one of those things where i would have probably preferred reading this as two separate issues just because i don't think i was into the story enough to really want to sit down while i've got other books to read to sit down and read like a 50 page uh or 40 whatever page onslaught is there a obvious split point does it oh you know does it feel like this was always could have been two issues or, the, or nah. like, you, know, you could read this in two sittings or is it just it's been adapted into one pretty much. Nah, it's pretty clear that it was always written as one story, but I, I don't think it would take too much from the writer to, you know... Split it neatly, st- yeah. Structure it and just sort of decide what your cliffhanger is. I feel like the cliffhanger, maybe, maybe Batman being mind-controlled or something could be the cliffhanger. You'd have to juggle around the order of a couple of things, maybe, but uh, you could Nothing have done too some complicated, of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they leave and the planet's got a chance, and yeah, that's basically it. Uh, it's alright. I, I don't have a whole lot of further analysis other than you know what we've said before but the this this arc so uh next issue we start off in the the death metal times is that right i believe so yeah no right no 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 we've got the jeff loveness two issue arc first so so we get a month yeah. of uh another thing and then we get the death metal tie-ins okay yeah uh Good. jeff loveness uh i believe he's, he's known for a, a, being a rick and morty writer okay okay uh so no idea what to expect yeah, because I assume the humor that he normally has in that won't carry over to a Justice League comic. Yeah, I think I think he's done a couple of Marvel books like recently, like in the last few well, months. So. He did the last Shazam book before Johns came back. Oh yeah, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, he did the, the well, fill-in. Yeah. So I thought that was solid enough. Uh, Matt, are you going to read the two issues thing, or are you wait until the Death Metal? Well, well, I'll see. I'll see in what the weeks look like if I sure. have time, because I'm I'm even behind on the Venditti Superman that I really like. Um. Just because again, I, it's hockey's fault. So much um, sports. It is. I can't like. 
Anyway, I, I, sorry, again, yeah. I, I was I was up to date on my movies, what one a day for the whole year, and then yeah. the Snooker World Championship started, and now I've like watched like three in the yeah, past. Well, hold, well, hold on. So let me rate this just for the, the clean cut on YouTube. Go God damn it. Uh, so uh, I'll probably just give it a straight seven. It's fine. It's fine. Readable. Uh, art's not bad, but nothing to write home about. So there you go. That's just a fifty. You may continue your point should you wish to. No, I, mean, I got it all in. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's excellent. I'm so, I'm so glad. Uh, all right. Uh, so next up we have Young Justice issue seventeen. Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker writing, with Scott Godlewski on the art. And so obviously me and Matt are reading this. We were kind of uh, not so much critical of the last issue, but we were very sort of. We look back at the run last time and we're kind of critical of the overall feeling of it. I think what's interesting about this issue is that I think this issue might be the best, if not one of the best issues of the whole run. But it doesn't necessarily it doesn't address what we were saying before. But as a standalone issue, it's really good. That's yeah, really interesting. The only review I, I, I say review I've seen a headline of this uh, book of a review, and it was calling it uh, the most forgettable issue of the book. Yeah, no, because stuff happens here. The main problem is Bendis is kind of all over the place with his timeline. Right, so if you're following Venice's timeline, it all everything fits in perfectly. From Naomi, this issue takes place two days after Naomi ends, because she's talking about she's only had her powers for two days. Oh, no, most, most gonna, I mean, that's more, I mean, we can be more specific than that. It takes place after right. the fight in Action Comics with the Legion was, of Doom and all that. That's what I was going to get to, and then it also takes place in between uh, what's going on in action right now and what it what had happened in action right so it's a bit of a mess there but everything that's been being talked about in this issue is really good well so I, I wouldn't I mean, say it's it's forgettable but i would say it's one of right. the best issues of the whole whole run so far because it's it's so focused yeah. it starts off with this introduction of, of yolanda this character who her, her dad owns this food truck and he's, he's basically in metropolis because he uh, he wants to like you know sort of like help the people who are like because they're, they're basically clearing the rubble from the big fight right mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of like a, a post post disaster zone style thing and he's there to just give out free food to the, the not only the justice league but also the the, the policemen the, the firefighters that all that and because that's what you do in metropolis you help and that's, that's again that's a yeah. thing so so yolanda yeah. uh is kind of tasked with giving out the water she's got to create a water and she goes out into the into the rubble and it's basically all from her perspective as she watches like different members of the Titans, uh, or sorry, the Young Justice and uh, the Justice League interact. So we have a little bit of Superman and Connor. We have Wonder Woman and Cassie. We have Bart and Barry. Uh, you know, we don't get to hear what uh, Tim and Batman talk about, but it's a really funny page where yeah. I think it's Connor and Bart are just kind of looking at each other and kind of reacting, like and sort of speculating, but just just looks in their faces, what's going on with the conversation. Uh, there's funny little bits where Jenny's kind of like thirsting after Wonder Woman because she's like, "Hey Cassie, what's Wonder Woman's deal? Is she single?" That's and, uh, that's my, my aunt. aunt. Yeah, yeah. So what's the deal? Is she single? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really that yeah, was funny. Really funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. The art's really good. I, I, I thought as well. Also, that's a change to to Cass, right? That I thought Zeus was her dad as well. To I should say Cassie. No, no Zeus Cass. is her grandfather. So here but traditionally i thought that was a whole thing that zeus was her dad because her mom's an archaeologist and you know zeus does what zeus does man zeus uh gets around he does get around um, that's that's very clear you know so but i did like that if it is a change i like here that he, he she calls one woman auntie diana 
which I thought that's a that's a nice uh, touch yeah, there that yeah. shows because even though we haven't we haven't had Cass Cassie at all, right? Like it wasn't until Young Justice we really saw her. At yeah, play. I mean, if, if she did show up anywhere, it was briefly in a cameo or something. Right. Yeah, there was no. So right there, it already tells us what their relationships like. Right, that they're they're close well, enough. That's that... the thing about this issue. So the one I like that it comes from this perspective of this outsider who's kind of in awe of all these characters. So it's got a really nice sort of focus in that sense. But it's also an issue that finally slows down and lets them all just kind of react to the big stuff that's happening. I think what's really yeah. weird about it though is that it's the aftermath of something that happened in another Bendis book and not the aftermath of something big that happened in Young Justice, because nothing in Young Justice has felt, you know, story wise on its own big enough to have this kind of aftermath to it. So I think that's kind of a, almost a critique, I suppose. But the, the weird thing here, though, is that it slows down and it gives all these characters these beats. I don't understand why this issue is happening here, though. This should have been like, like two or three issues ago. I, I don't understand yeah. why this is now. Anything that happened here could have happened before the last two issues where they do the Star Labs thing. Yeah. You know, and then Bart has his crisis of, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, you know everything's everything's a mess and whatnot so yeah man it just like you say that there's good focus but it also feels a little unfocused in the grand scheme of things like the book as a whole feels a bit unfocused yeah. this issue feels yeah, yeah, focused yeah. though i know but that's why i didn't want to get it confused i don't want people to think that i was correcting and saying this is because this issue is very focused but young justice still feels like there's not a point outside of these feel-good moments which is fine because you know not all comics can be the same. Um, and there's a lot of really good feel-good moments here, like with, with Bart and, and Barry. And they go into the Speed Force to have their conversation. And as they're yeah. going through, you know, that, that feels really nice. And then Cassie and, and Wonder Woman. And, you know, just their and little I, thing here. I, and I, and I you also... see Teen Lantern interacting with Jon Stewart, which is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of like in the, it's the foreground rather than the background. But you don't get to see right. what it is, but you get to see them interacting. And I like right. that when Bart is like told by Barry, "Hey, you're you're kind of in the moment. Like, enjoy what you have. This this family of characters." And he looks over right. at the rest of Young Justice. And I like that Naomi was including that lineup. You know, because it's Naomi plus the rest of the main team, which maybe implies to me that Naomi might become a permanent member at some point down the yeah. line. But so here's the here's the weird thing that I'll say is that I'm not actually like none of my problems that we we're talking about last issue have been uh, you know dealt with. And I'm still concerned that next issue I'm going to have a lot of the same problems again, going mm -hmm. back to the Bart mystery and all that, and the, the the you know the whole run feeling a bit unfocused and feeling like it's not really got a direction. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this issue on its own, like this could have a good run around it. It could have the run that we have around it. I think this issue on its own works quite well for what it's doing. Uh, again, I think that perspective of having someone who's not a hero kind of looking up to them is 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 fairly well done. Um, mm -hmm. And then it ends with her, you know, becoming an intern at the Hall of Justice and, and meeting the Wonder Twins, which uh, you know was, was a neat That's little really cool. touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so especially since at the start of the issue, she's complaining, so, "Oh, why do we have to do this? Oh, this is like, why did you?" Mm -hmm. you know, she's drag been a typical weekend? teenager yeah. that you see in pop culture, like, but, "Uh, Dad." But there's an arc. You know? she, she's inspired. Yeah. She she understands things when you know, when when I mean, Tim stays back to help her load the truck up. When everyone else mm -hmm. has left, and it's just oh, well, a nice little beat. And, and she, I like how she does comment that she could never do what they do because she doesn't have powers. And I love that Tim looks at her and goes, "Yeah, neither do I," and then just keeps going about his business. Like it was a real nice moment. His costume still looks like garbage. Oh yeah, like he. Yeah. Let's fix that. There's 
There's two Superboys right now. There's no reason why he can't be Robin at the same time as Damien. Yep. There's really none. Like, come on, man. I know. But so, be, yeah. yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's, it's like, you know, a knockout of the park amazing issue, but I thought it was really solid. And it felt like, well, it's mildly frustrating that it's still kind of ignoring all the things that I think the book needs to address, especially after the fact that the last issue kind of felt like it was setting up. Uh, to jump back in the timeline, so that's kind of weird. I think on its own in the vacuum, though, this was a solid focused issue, uh, you know, dealing with the awe of these characters, but uh, the actual problems with the, the book as a whole aren't alleviated because of it, unfortunately. No. I was I was a little bit annoyed when I got to it, and I saw it was this type of issue that was going to go around to them, because I, I want it to be refocused on what is this book's I was like, this is going to sound, what is its mission statement? Like, is it meant to have these these moments, like with Yolanda, and we see how Young Justice inspires, you know, the younger people? Because I feel like that's what Wonder Comics was supposed to be about, with Naomi and the Wonder Twins and um, Dial H, right? It was all about them being this, this focal point for other young people. But Young Justice is like, they've jumped around the multiverse, and it just feels aimless. Just, you know, it feels, yeah. it feels aimless. I want to know what Bendis wants to do with this book. Because, again, he has a timeline. Like, he's threading this into his Superman timeline, for lack of a better term. You know, that, that yeah, all of his Super, books fit into. But Superman feels like it's got a purpose. He feels like he's got some sort of grand plan there. And, every, and it feels like that when you're reading it. It feels like it's always got a point and a purpose. I feel like right. this book... He's using the characters from it to tie into it whenever it's like it, convenient to do so, but it doesn't necessarily feel like this book on its own has much of its own direction. No. And as a result, it it does kind of feel like... Uh, it so, feels okay. supplemental. I don't even go that far. It feels just kind of... Because for the most part, it's maybe doing its own thing. It's, it's just kind of... I don't know, it feels like a, a whiff of a, of a thing. You know, Bendis on Young Justice selling like such an exciting concept. Yeah. But 17 issues in... Uh, it's not the sort of Bendis run we were hoping almost, for in this book. I almost wish you just handed it over to Walker, you know, and mm. or just get a, a plotted by, because I'd love to see what, what Walker do. Because I really enjoyed his uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah, that was him, right? Yeah. So that that was fun until it was forced to tie into a bunch of Marvel BS. So I, I'd like to see what he would do with these young heroes, um, uh, unchained from from Bendis's name. You know, mm. but yeah, it, it definitely feels lower on Bendis's priority list at this point. And I get it. Like when you're working on Superman and reviving Legion and whatever's happening with Checkmate and Leviathan, is that still going on at some point? Yeah. You know? I mean, it just it de- definitely feels like your Superman stuff is the stuff that's the priority. And then mm-hmm. Legion and Young Justice to varying degrees feel kind of like yep. these supplemental there. books that hopefully find their footing. But you know, we're 17 mm-hmm. issues into this one now, so, I mean, not being there yet with this is starting to feel a bit worrying that this is ultimately going to be like his Guardians of the Galaxy run, where it's just kind of, yeah, Bendis wrote that for a while, but ultimately it wasn't that... Yeah, early. and it was and it was fun, but it, it got lost in him tying it into X-Men, right? Like... I mean, yeah, I mean this is fine. Just like that run was fine, and it, it ultimately yeah. doesn't, you know, it's, it's not no worry, yeah. we're not really going to talk about it that much in the future, other than when he has another run like this and we can maybe compare it back to... Right. These previous ones. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I am glad that I see I get to see Bart and Cassie and Tim and Connor 
all interacting and you know we have teen lantern jenny hex I, as new additions and well, naomi one like, of my pet peeves with social media because you know I, I follow a decent amount of comic fans and comic creators on twitter mm-hmm. is there's so many people who get really upset that their character doesn't have a book you know their favorite character their favorite characters and obviously there's lots of characters that i want to have books that i want to have a presence mm-hmm. and representation in, in, the, in the comics but a lot of people are just associated with the thing existing. Uh, the actual yeah. it having to be good also doesn't seem to factor into it too much. Where mm-hmm. that's still a concern. Like I, there's a, there's a point where I would rather it, it's in some cases not be a thing. Like right now, I don't want this Nightwing book to be a thing. Just I want <laughs> real Nightwing. Uh, flash, flash forward. Yes, there you go. Oh uh, yeah. So you know, oh. like I, I just I, I think it's it's worth saying that just because the thing exists, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the the version of the thing that we actually want or deserve. Or no, but at the same point, this is not on those levels of some of those other stuff. You know, like oh no, I'm just making a wider point yeah. about uh, how yeah. people you know, like some people will will fight t- uh, tooth and nail about saving uh, a book from being cancelled, but then I look at the book they're talking about, like yeah, I want a good version of this character to be on the stands, but this right. version of the book that we have right now ain't it. <laughs> like it ain't good yeah yeah uh, no and i get that because like man i i miss all my other lanterns right now sure you know so like i i get it but at the same time i i rather have you know a good a good book a good jess book with with guy popping in there from time to time yeah well, than j- just have one to have for the sake of having one and just to sort of sum that up i'm not saying young justice is that bad because it isn't but it, yeah. it's definitely not as good as the young justice book that i want <laughs> right so right. well, and it's like this. We're we're lucky that we're getting you know cast Batgirl character, you know uh, Kane. I was on a blank in Batman and the Outsiders, you know. So that that's where we're getting both. For a few that issues. Books enjoyable to read, and she's getting used. You know what I mean? Yeah, for a few so. issues more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Anyway, what are you giving Young Justice? Uh, I'm gonna give us a seven. Uh. Yeah, I'll give it a 7 too. I'll give it a 7 too. And I realized that I said this is one of the best issues, and I've probably rated older issues higher. Because, you know, when it first yeah. came back, I was kind of high on it. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm surprised. Because I, I know you've had problems with the last handful of issues, especially. But when you said, oh, this was the best issue yet, or probably the best issue, yeah, I, I was expecting it to be at least in the 8s. And, and I wasn't like, you know, listening to the entire discussion, just hearing bits and pieces. Uh, the 7 surprises me. Far Sector issue 7, N.K. Jemison writing with Jamal Campbell on the art, uh, which is now every other month. And this... Uh, now, I would completely forgot what the cliffhanger was from last night. I actually had to go back and check, because I was mm-hmm. so confused at the start of this issue. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, which... Uh, it's not so much a fault of the book, because when it's every other month, like, a lot of books would suffer from this, but it definitely... I, I was like, okay, I need to check. I, I just... Yeah, I've, I've struggled mm-hmm. with Worse books, you know, uh, far less. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a uh, some interesting concepts here. The first half of it is basically uh, Joe in her sort of green lantern mech suit, and by mech suit I just mean created with a green light, not like an actual mech suit. Uh, but it's right. designed. Like yeah, basically. and she's so she can fight the actual mechs. Yeah, so she can fight the uh, the 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 actual mechs that have beans inside of the the ambassador that was kind of like called her in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we discovered throughout this that the AA, the uh, the technological, you know, the, the computerized uh, race, they can essentially invade a body and take it over. They can reprogram the biology, as it were, as as is put. 
And it usually means though whoever they've taken over is, is dead and has been dead for a while. Sounds like they essentially reformat the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it's doing. She sounds like a computer. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 deadly, but they can do it. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So basically, Joe's so pissed about this when eventually, you know, she she takes down the because uh, she eventually wins the fight and the, the the mechs are down, but the bodies inside are just gone, like they're just dead. Right. And the people, the you know, the ats who were controlling them have escaped into the network, right into the digital network. Right. And Joe's like, you know what? I'm going to use this green ring to jack into the network, uh, cyberpunk style, and go in there. Uh, there's multiple references to various cyberpunk stuff, actually, as she's mm-hmm. uh, forming this plan. Uh, the ad that's talking to her is trying to talk her out of it, but she's not having any of it. She's going in. Uh, she, she won't be persuaded otherwise. And so sure enough, uh, we have a you know, quick little flashback of her getting the ring. Uh, interesting detail here about how the willpower for this works. It's not the same as the other rings. Uh, the willpower is more specific. It's not the willpower that you have to overcome fear. It's the willpower you have to coexist with the fear, uh, which, as the the guardian here puts it, spikes lower. But if you can master it, it could be formidable. Yeah, I think that that line that he says, you know, it's uh, you know, to live with fear, to push towards a goal uh, over years against a whole society with no hope or reward was pretty poignant. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Carter, aim your fan somewhere else to turn it off, will you? <laughs> the fan's not even on anymore. Is it not? Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing rumbling, and I think it's doing something to like Skype's like. Like the way it's shooting your mic is try to like process it out so you're sounding more tinny because of it. Uh, yeah, hang on. <laughs> so, but yeah, with 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 the different drink, I I did like that, but that also that's I mean, that's the lesson of Hal Jordan that we keep getting because he he rides with the fear. That's always his thing, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, how special actually is this ring? Was this just something they told her to, you know, because they sent her off to the city. You know, I the, the enduring. I like the idea that it's different because it, she, I mean, you know, she did not get this with a battery like the other rings. This is definitely right. a, not a That's knockoff, but it's definitely something separate from the Green Lantern I core. I, I just feel like if you're not entrenched in Green Lantern lore, if you just pick this book up because it was something new, then that perfectly works. But as someone that's read most Green Lantern stuff since about 2004, I'm like, this is, uh, I don't know. This is tried and true Green Lantern territory, which is great for Jeminson, right? Because mm-hmm. that means that she's done her work um, yep. on, on Green Lanterns and whatnot. But but yeah, I mean, it doesn't make me like this any less. Um, but yeah, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so she jacks in uh, to the network, and basically it's like a, just a world that's living in there. And uh, it's the time runs differently as well, because uh, she, she only has power for six minutes of being in here. But mm-hmm. uh, as is mentioned earlier on, like, you know, it's been like weeks down there for the people who have fled. Right. So, Even though it's only been like two or three minutes. Yeah. Off there. So she has time when she's in there. Uh, the coloring completely changes. It's all very white and lots of uh, pale colors. Uh, at yeah. one point, she makes a couple of Tron bikes. Again, reference to a you know computer cyberpunk type movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know she's 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 going after uh, the bad guys. Uh, she's struggling with the concept of like they don't actually have to travel from place to place because she ends up just appearing at this diner. And yeah, she's like confused by it, and she's all like, "This is weird." Like, I don't, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have to travel. It's, it's no, it's not physical places in the same way. Yeah, and she has to figure out how to adjust to that. Is kind of the back, uh-huh. you know, half of this issue. Yeah, uh, she's trying to deal with it, but of course they they go hunting. Notably, they're wearing leather trench coats when they go to actually 
uh, confront uh, the, the attackers. The one she's with is, is straight up wearing the uh, you know Trinity cat suit. Yeah, uh, and she's got the trench coat on. So we're definitely getting some Matrix vibes from from this. Uh, yeah. and, which is actually the cliffhanger. It's just them getting to the the bad guys and being like basically on guard, <laughs> for lack of a, a better term. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, um, so... Lots of little you know bits in here that are fun. You know, her sharing the the, the Doge meme. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was smart in the dialogue as well that it, you know it did the whole thing. You know, because obviously they talk about cat memes earlier on. Yeah, so and she almost, comes the, up. Yeah, and, yeah, the the almost starts singing Akuna Matata uh, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun in the back half of this issue. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, the biggest complaint is I just had no idea what was going on when I started. I had to go back and check the last issue. Just the end of it. You see, okay, what happened at the end yeah. of the last issue? Yeah. It's just, it's keeping its its quality, which is great. I think it keeps going. And the, yeah. the mystery is it's still there. And now it seems like the ADAT are more because they are, what they say, they're they were forced to become this so they were almost like the when when the city started you had the two right the plant the katopoli and then if you're the other one um the 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 councilman is it's almost like they had these virtual assistants right that became the adat they became their own um type right and so now they're they're dealing with what does that mean like I don't want to say like the 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 singularity, right? But now they have their own culture going on beneath what was supposed to be this culture, without the emotions there. So yeah. I think that's real cool. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's I, I think this issue and last issue have both felt very kind of focused, which I think I think I appreciate. So even if you are maybe like not actually remember all the broad details of the entire world, they've both been very focused here because it was last issue was Joe. Uh, and the one ambassador and kind of their like you know romantic connection it was very focused on that this issue very focused on kind of exploring the at and in the network and all that kind of stuff so uh, i think it, it sits better in your memory especially when you have like a whole issue focused on one sort of aspect one detail because uh, that first couple of issues were such an info dump in terms of mythology uh compared yeah to the rest i'm of glad it. those were monthly yeah I would have struggled with this book if those had been every other month. Yeah, so no, I, I think once again I'll say I, I do think this will read better in a binge when you can read like all twelve issues in one. Probably, I think it's session. pacing reasonably well right now because we're two thirds through now. It feels like okay, the back half we're focusing in, we're actually drawing in on the mystery and the crux of it now. Uh, so the overall pacing still feels solid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you giving uh, Far Sector issue seven? Uh, I'm going to give this an eight. Connor? Uh, eight for me as well. Cool. Um, I'm, uh, I'll probably... 7.5 for me. Alright, so there we... There we go. So, uh, that takes us the part of the show, though, where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. Favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, uh, favourite uh, art. That's what I was, that was the word I was trying to think of. And top five books of the week. Uh, so, we'll start off with panel slash moment. Uh, so, Matt, what what you got for us? So I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, what fair play means after sure. Mr. Terrific just smacked the taste out of the sardass mouth. That was so fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Connor, uh, I'm going to go with the the song the first time we see that because it made me laugh, and mm. you know, 
Matt Matt's already chosen, you know, the other great moment. Yeah, I mean, this book's full of them. Yeah. Is, yeah, I mean, I'm really trying to find a reason not to go with Strange Avengers. I, you know what, I think I will go with something else. Uh, I'm going to go with the Plastic Man reveal. Uh, and this that one's is, pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, as an individual moment. Although, don't think that Snow Cone and Ice Pop weren't in the in the running, because <laughs> uh, they were. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, best uh, cover of the week. So, I was having a quick peek here. There's a few good ones. Far Sector tends to have two really good covers. Uh, the deceased cover this time. Yeah, the deceased variant, which which is doing the uh, Book of Eli, the cyborg, uh, yeah. is pretty neat. Um, I I think I have to be boring though and go with one of the Strange Adventures covers <laughs> because they're both very good. I like the Strange Adventures covers. I think they're out of the Strange Adventures covers we've had. They're probably my least favorite. I think that's fair. I really like the white one with Adam Strange, though. I, I think there's uh, something kind of... I think the starkness of it really speaks to me. I think that's uh, the, the Shana one, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, solid. Uh, Connor? Um, oh, there's there's a lot of reasonable choices, but none are jumping out at me. I, I also quite like the variants for both uh, Justice League and Young Justice. Mm. Young Justice is a nice, uh, you know, Maker and Dolpho cover. Um, I think it's pretty, you know, it's nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll give it ultimately to the Far Sector variant, um, but both of those are pretty good as well. All right, cool. Um, Matt, uh, I'm gonna go with the Garrett's Strange Adventures cover. It's the I think that's Garrett's, right? With uh, Mr. Terrific. The the main with, one's Garrett's, yeah. Yeah, the main yeah. one, yeah, with. With the space and his face comes out of there, and it's yeah. just, yeah. it looks really cool. All right. Uh, Carter, what's the best art of the week? It's Strange Adventures. Matt? Strange Adventures. Yeah, nothing, nothing else stands a chance this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how how of our conversation on that came from from the art? Yeah, right? I know. Like we, there, yeah, there we, no other option. we talked about that art for like probably like 15 minutes on its own. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Right, top five books of the week, Matt. Go. Cool. Uh, number one, Strange Adventures. Number two is Deceased, uh, Dead Planet. Three is Far Sector. Four is Batman. Five is Young Justice. Four? Uh, mine's the same, but Legends of the Dark Knight instead of Young Justice. Okay. Uh, my number one is Strange Adventures. My number two is Deceased. Number three is... Batman number four is Legends of the Dark Knight, and then number five is Far Sector. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so there you go. A pretty solid week, all in. To be honest, uh, I, I felt good about most of the books I read, so that's always good. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll tell you what's coming next week now. Uh, from DC Comics, we have Detective Comics one thousand twenty-five. We have the Flash seven five nine. Wonder Woman 760, Superman 24, we have Dark Knight's Death Metal issue 3, so that's the biggie for the week, Just League Odyssey 23, Batman's Grave number 9, Green Lantern Season 2 issue 6, Hawkman 26, and Batman The Outsiders 15, so a uh, handful of books next week uh, to look at, and uh, yeah, so we'll look forward to those. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month of August. So thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palaces, David Shop, Bordenow, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. Uh, they are all Patreon producers for the month, uh, which you can become at the $20 tier at patreon.com slash But of course, you can support us for as little as $1 per month 
and it gets some bonuses uh, for your troubles. At the $5 tier, you get the episodes a day early, and you also get to vote occasionally on previously. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, a free way to support us, of course, if you're on YouTube watching, you can just hit the like button. Liking's really important on YouTube. It uh, helps us find new people. So please do that. Uh, or as Matt would say, smash that like button. Smash that like button. There you go. Uh, you can, of course, rate the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, you know, five stars. We review. Same principle. Uh, otherwise, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, which is a, you know, good place for updates and asking us questions. You know, whenever we ask questions for the show, most of them tend to come from Twitter. But there is an email as well, mftvquestions at gmail.com. Should you wish to send a nice long question for when we have a quieter week, uh, please do that too. Uh, I think I've successfully just plugged everything. I guess I'll just say that uh, Doom Patrol Season 2 finished this week, so the review of the finale is up for me and Connor. The Stargirl finale is coming uh, in the next couple of days, uh, which we're looking forward to, because that show has done nothing but get better over the, the course of the season. Uh, and, yeah, so, uh, recommend it. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything. So, uh, I will thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Airplay.